The Gold Card Podcast is brought to you by the Esports Department. Gain access to the tools, projections, and analysis trusted by the best for League of Legends and Counter-Strike Global Offensive. Join today at theesportsdepartment.com. Welcome to episode 91 of the Gold Card Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Vince Kalati, at Gelati LOL on Twitter. With me tonight, we've got Chris Chung at Prime LOL. Good evening, everyone. Josh Roberts at Roberts number 49. Good evening, y'all. And John George at the Esports Plug. How we doing, everybody? And we're going to be trying to do this more often, hopefully every show now. We are live on Twitch at twitch.tv slash the esports department. So you can find us there when we're recording live. We'll usually tweet out beforehand. I'll try to give you more notice next time than this one, but still getting in the swing of things on this one. So if uh, you want to hop in the chat, feel free. All right. So episode 91, we're coming up on 100, guys. I didn't even think about that. Like, I, I thought, it, like, when I was putting it out last week, I was like, 90. Damn, we're like getting up to, we'll have to, we'll have to figure out something special to do for 100. Maybe pull some funny clips or something like that from, uh, over the past couple of years we've been doing this, so that could, that could be pretty fun. Um, how's your week going, guys? It's going pretty good, man. I hopped into the uh, I hopped into the Wall Street Bets stock trading today. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, no. Had some fun with that. I do own a couple top shots. I'm in the Wall Street betting streets. I mean, I'm all over the place right now. I've got a hand in every pot, you know? If this didn't, like, ultimately trigger Josh like I know it's doing right now, then I would definitely name the episode title something about this. But it's like, there's more than enough goofy entertainment value. I'll just say, be responsible, everybody. And I'll leave it at that. Uh, in terms of league, we had our first weekend of the LEC last week. We had, what else? We've had two weeks under our belt in the LCK. Now, we had a crazy weekend in the LCK. You guys... <laughs> I don't know if you guys got blown out as badly as I did by the favorites getting killed this weekend, but uh, we had a crazy week in the LCK. Uh, last week was a little bit quiet in the LPL. We've got a real banger coming up this weekend in the LPL. The slate this weekend is awesome. So, yeah. Uh, oh, and then we had LCS lock-in quarterfinals as well. Uh, what did you guys think of the LEC? Got our first taste of that for the year. Yeah, it seemed kind of expected. Expected in that... Excel underperformed, which they do every single split for me, at least in the first week. Uh, G2 that was the pretty truth, good. Man. I guess Fnatic, Fnatic was a bit of an underperformance, but that is so much their trend. Like, yeah. Fnatic every single year is bad in week one. They like, did They did have their get-right game on Sunday. I'll give them credit yeah. for that. And, and honestly, the other games, even though they, they lost, you could tell that they like weren't an awful team. The way I, at least I could like it seemed to me like they were clearly like a team that was going to go out and battle and sometimes the battling wasn't going to work but they were, they were probably a pretty solid team regardless yeah. so I wasn't really that worried about them XL I was a little I'm a little worried about still but uh, I don't know I felt like the LEC pretty much went according to plan How about the uh, the LCS the the series more or less went as expected right Josh yeah, it was nice to see the return of Jose Diodo. Uh, I thought he really infused some life into Flight oh, He made he makes an immediate difference. It's cr- it's cr- yeah. it's crazy. You don't like, especially considering that like I don't think he's been playing with the team at all. He just like showed up, 
and they were instantly better. So maybe maybe not a good uh, a good uh, what do they call that? Um, a good look Omen? for NXI. So oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you know, it was, it was that was more like I don't think we had any kind of surprising outcomes there. I think some people were maybe surprised. T- TSM got a game. I think people were surprised about. It. They did get a game right. Am I misremembering this? They did get a game right. Am I crazy? No, they did. They would. They took one off Cloud Nine. So, yeah, that was a uh, kind of as expected. And then Sunday was chalk, 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 right? But yeah, uh, the semifinals going to be a lot more interesting. We'll be getting to those a little bit later on. Yeah, I, I think unless there's any news that I'm missing, Chris, is there any news that I missed out on for this? No, um, it's just good to see some of the visas has been finally approved. We got. Um, Dreams is back in the academy, so that means Diamond is confirmed as starter. Broxa um, and Finn, I think, are cleared. They just Broxa, they should be. Yeah, they should be cleared. Uh, we got to see Santorin back, so he's cleared. It seems like this time uh, the LCS planned well ahead of time to allow these uh, issues to resolve itself before the season actually starts. I will say that's one of the benefits of doing a preseason tournament. Just saying. That you, it's a good blend. You get a little bit of a taste of some of these prospects that wouldn't get a chance otherwise, right? And, you know, if the guys get here, then cool. If not, then the team's not off to a bad start just because they didn't get here, you know? So I, I think it's it's a win-win for everyone. It seems like it's been a win-win for everyone pretty much. So, um, and hopefully we'll be able to take advantage of some overreactions to this tournament come time the regular season starts up. But, we'll you know, we'll get to that at a later date. Uh, what else was I thinking? Oh, I think so. I, I was looking into the Rogue Warriors bottom lane situation, and I don't know if you guys saw this. So, like, the, the whole deal is Betty is dealing with like quarantine slash visa like slash travel issues. So, like, I, I don't know if he like tested positive or something and has to quarantine, and then that's disrupting his travel. I don't know what the deal is there, but he got he got flagged inactive. I think on the ninth, if I'm remembering correctly. So that's why we've been seeing just the, you know, circular, like the revolving door in bottom lane for Rogue Warriors and the LPL. But other than that, I think that, I mean, there wasn't any any real major news that I saw. I'm probably going to be wrong and realize that I was wrong right away after doing this, but so be it, right? Uh, let's go right into this. I, <laughs> I'm kind of, it's kind of, it's kind of relieving actually having just like a regular slate. We don't got to go through, uh, too much other stuff. We're getting back into the swing of things here. We'll have to um, maybe pitch out for some listener questions next week because we won't have LCS. So We might have a reasonable length show for once. Yeah, for once, for the first time in the history of Gold Card Podcast or shows or reasonable lengths of time, right? Uh, all right, so... And Chris Chung drops. He must have hit some, maybe his power went out, too. For those that don't know, my power went out, like, just flickered out before... Like, right when we were getting ready to record this, and then it turned back on for a few minutes, and then it turned back off again. So, hopefully that doesn't happen. Hopefully we have no issues here. And then Chris Chung is back. Nice, 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 nice. All right. Where do you want to start? Start in the east? Start in the west? Let's just start at the top, Jelani. Make it easier to read. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're always so right, John. Come on. (laughs) LCK. Week three. We've got uh, Noxium Red Force minus 204 against Afrika plus 169. Two teams that I think have disappointed a good amount for the most part, but Noxium kind of got right last series, had a, had a finally had a pretty good outing. And uh, Afrika, I don't know what the hell is going on with this team. 
So, <laughs> I know, like, th- thoughts on this one? This seems a little heavy-handed, doesn't it? I just put, like, 400 question marks in my show notes here. Like, what? No. This is uh, this is a good point, a good, a good leaping-off point for me because you touched on it briefly, but it's overreaction season right oh, now. Yeah. Like, this oh, is when, yeah. before I start losing on everything, uh, like I did this morning because IG remembered what kind of team they can be. And the Shire remembered he's good at the game. Um, <laughs> before I start losing everything, when things even out, like right now is when you can just start making hay. Uh, I've, I've had a couple screenshots in the past week or two because teams, ju- people just are, are going nuts one way or the other with the limited data size that we have. And and uh, I think this is a perfect case of that. Like, no, Afrika have not looked good. No, I still don't think they're worse than Nongchim. Yeah, I know. I think John had them ranked above, but, you know, yeah, he he says some questionable things like Viper's better than Solo. So, you know, who really knows what to well, trust from that guy anymore? Well, I'll throw I'll throw it to John because like John John was an auction bull. Like we were all I think fairly optimistic on this team. We all had them in different places, but John I think was the most optimistic about them. Like, do, would you agree that like they just haven't looked good, right? Yeah, Nongshim has, hasn't looked good so far this season. Uh, neither has Afrika, but uh, even as the Nongshim bull, I, I think I would take Afrika here. Yeah given where I thought these teams would finish at the end of the season, even if Nongshim's better. I don't know that they're plus 169 better than Afrika. Yeah. Um, so I think I would bet the Afrika side here, even with me being pretty heavy on, on Nongshim. And they haven't looked good. So, yeah, Afrika seems pretty clear. This this is, yeah, like Josh, I think you guys both put it perfectly. This is just overreaction season. Like you just like you fade the overreaction. Unless you got a good reason not to, you should just fade the overreaction, I think. Um, Chris, thoughts on this one? Siding with a freaker, Nongshim, or is this a pass? Afrika uh, is still this enigma, right? So yeah. volatile. I can't, I can't really tell when they're going to win or when they're going to lose. So it may turn into closer to a coin flip, but since they are plus value, this is good value to yeah. just take take them. Yeah, I, I just have a hard time seeing Afrika like staying this bad. Like this is a team that was so like, for lack of better, like they were consistent as hell last season. If, that, if there's one thing you could say about this team is that they were consistent. They always beat the teams below them, right? They made some roles. They changed the bottom lane up. They kept the top trio the same. They kept most of the same coaching staff. Is is this like like is, do they just disappear overnight? Like it's, the meta is not that much different. So so let me ask you one thing because I didn't get a chance to watch a lot of their games. But what do you think of Keen? Because I didn't think he's anywhere. And I thought, well, maybe it's the meta. Top lane doesn't really matter that much, but I've seen other teams that make the top lane work, but not key. Yeah, I, I don't know if it's just, like, what they're doing, or if... It, or, or I'm trying to think off the top of my head, like, what he's played this season. Let me just pull it up real fast, because... In their first season, in their first uh, series against DRX, I thought both he was exceptional. I thought he was really, really good in the first series against DRX. He's been kind of average since then, but I'm not too worried about Keen overall. Yeah, I... See, no, he's wow. He's actually played nine different, eight different champions in nine games. Played Camille twice, Orin Aatrox, Mordekaiser, Kennen, Nar, Gangplank, and Gragas. Actually, they've all played a bunch of different champions. So maybe that's maybe they're just kind of in figure it out mode at the moment. That's certainly possible. Lahens look pretty good on the Seraphine. I'm so glad we're finally seeing that. By the way, took way too. The LCK is the perfect league for that too. Cause like you, you don't want her for early skirmishes. You want you want like a, a controlled early game where she can get to level six relatively safely, 
and take advantage of that because that I mean she's just a she's the ultimate bot. That champion could do literally nothing except press her ultimate, and I think she'd be playable. It's crazy. So, um, I think you're going to be seeing a lot more of that. We saw some. We saw a lot of it in the LC, uh, LC LEC this weekend. So I think you're going to probably start seeing more Seraphine. I think people are getting comfortable playing it in three different positions. It's pretty powerful. It's got crazy high win rates in solo queues. So you're definitely going to be seeing more of that. It's just a matter of um, when. So yeah, I think take the plus money here. It's this is just this is a coin flip, right? Probably with how these teams look. All right. Yeah, I think I think roughly roughly coin flip odds. If I even if thinking that Nongshim's a little better, I think it'd be like a minus one twenty. And that this is if they held to my preseason, which I don't think they have. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Damn one. Minus 256 against Hanwha Life Esports, plus 207. Everyone's new favorite team. Uh, Hanwha look pretty good. They're feisty. They got good players named Chovy. And Arthur Arthur had a good series in their last match too. He he'd been kind of uh hit or miss. Like he looks really good in some games and then a little and questionable in others, but he's been he's been picking it up, being more consistent. Uh still have questions about this bottom lane. Like a lot of questions about Vista, who's maybe he's just maybe he's just limit testing, you know, getting comfortable like with the new role and everything, but uh yeah, he's he's been a little inconsistent for me, but like this, what do we think on Hamwa? I'm going to, me, and clearly, jo- me and Josh are going to go to battle on this one, I think, a little bit. But Well, they, these guys clearly watch the podcast because uh, they just like everything I said about Hanwa for the entire offseason, they've just done the exact opposite. They're just like, oh, you say we just farm a lot? No, we fight all the time. <laughs> we're, not, we're not a farming team. Chovy heard me talking shit about him not having good teammates. He's like, oh, you don't think I can be the alpha? You don't think I can step up? And And he's been doing it. Yeah, I think uh, if there's a team that I'm probably going to end up having to eat my hat on, it's probably Hanwha. I still don't necessarily think they're like a league contender, but uh, if I'm going to have to eat my hat on anybody, it's probably Hanwha, who I had uh, rated very lowly compared to you guys. They they look like they're maybe settling in as that fourth team. Like right now, they're I think they're literally in third place right now. I forget. I could be wrong about that. No, they're first place, Hanwha. Oh, are they? T- yeah, okay. So Yeah. Record-wise, anyways. Uh, I don't know if that holds up, but I guess they could make... I mean, you make the argument they've had... All the, the weird thing is in Korea, like, the top teams have all played each other in the first two weeks. Like, almost all of them. So, we're going to have this weird, like, couple of weeks now where there, there's just a bunch of duds. Like, it's just going to be the bottom, the top team stomping the bottom teams for the most part. So, I don't know if um, that's going to change our opinions on these things, because... I don't know if you guys treat it the same way, but like if if you have like the top, say we'll say top four if we want to include Hamwa in this, right? Uh, say like the top four teams, if all of them have played each other, they're all played a really difficult schedule. So like, is it really like, can we really look that far into whether or not they've lost these matches or not? They've all looked pretty good in most of these ma- in like most of the games in these matches, right? They've been competitive series for the most part. So may- there's just a chance that. They're all pretty good, and we're going to see them against the rest of the league, and it's going to get real ugly for the rest of the league real fast. So that does feel likely. It feels likely that those top four teams are going to stop everyone they play against. I'm still not. I'm not entirely in on them yet, but I'm willing to be proven wrong. I guess I'm. A, I'm staying open ended with Hamwa because Chovy's been a hero. So <laughs> other than that game against Closer, Chovy's been 
an absolute monster this season. So, Josh, you look like you've got some thoughts on Hanwha. Oh, who's there? It's the Church of Chovy Cheetah here <laughs> to collect the offering from John, the esports plug George, who has so long doubted our hero who art on Hanwha. <laughs> I just want you to recognize what this man literally did to this league. I don't know that we've seen. I mean, we had CEO last year, but everyone knows we're in an 80 carry meta and Chovy just like, I, I, I haven't seen, I haven't seen a performance like this in, in eons. Like that was just absolutely. It was absurd. games two and three of that series. It was just the Chovy show for two he was just, games. It was like, okay. He just, he literally just said, you know, they, they went in the draft. Everyone was on comms and he's just like, Hey guys, you, uh, you want to hop in this backpack? Yeah. Or what? What's up? He was, he, that was literally like a Michael Jordan moment. He's like, give me the damn ball. I'm, I'm winning this damn game, dude. Like he must, he's like, I'm Holy done. Cow. I'm done screwing around with this. Dude. It was awesome. Yeah. I, mean, Arthur, I will awesome. say Arthur had a pretty good series in, in that series too. Uh, just to like help. It wasn't entirely Chovy, but it was pretty close to it. Like that was a hero. That was a hero performance for sure. I mean, I gotta say, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, just quickly, the Hanwa. The other story of Hanwa is Arthur. He has shown up in DFS noticeably. He is one of the ones that you want in roster. So uh, he's involved. He has his kill share. He has his kill participation. He Chovy Dev will make this a strong team. For sure. I, I I think, honestly, like, I think the top lane will figure itself out. It's, I mean, you might end up having, like, a hodgepodge. Like, you might see some Morgan, and it might be, a, like, a split-time situation. Because I think they've both kind of looked similar to me. Like, not 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 great, not terrible. Although, I don't know, Morgan had a, a <laughs> rough first series. So, I don't know. It, it's Vista. Vista's the big question mark to me. Because, like, if, if Arthur's going to keep progressing, because he has gotten better, like, every series, if he's going to keep progressing, or even if he just, like, stays at this level, right, it's just Vista. He's the only real liability on this team. So if Deft can kind of, like, keep that reeled in, then Hamwa are going to be pretty good. So, I, I mean, the real question with Hamwa is whether or not we're going to include them in this elite group. I'm I'm a little skeptical on that idea, but like I said, like, I'm willing to be proven wrong. I'll put it this way. I'm going to have to think long and hard about backing Damwon here. I probably won't. I think it's too big a number. Yeah, I'm not backing Damwon at minus 256. Um, I, there's definitely some question marks. I mean, every team has looked shaky. Yeah. Even the top four teams has had – everybody's had a shaky moment. Damwon lost to Fred Brion in one of the greatest upsets for DFS and betting that I've ever seen. That was insane. Uh-oh. What was so what was so insane about that series is like I was talking about this in the Discord the other day. Like, what was so bonkers about that series was like Breon just turned they just went Super Saiyan for like two games. It was like the weirdest thing I've ever seen. Like Damwon weren't even that bad in those games. It wasn't like they made these egregious errors and it was just over. Breon was just playing out of their goddamn mind that day, and they were a little like Damwon were a little off, and then Breon turned immediately back into a pumpkin the next series. It was it was literally like I don't know if they just like got super psyched up for that series and spent two months researching for that and didn't give a shit about everything else, but 
I mean, that, there's yeah. a case for that. Like, it's every, everyone everyone makes it their championship against the world champions or against the defending champs. You know, like there 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 is kind of like a little bit of a, a like a mean streak there, right? It's yeah. I, I I don't think it's that deep. I think Damwon got cocky. They gave over Graves Kyson both yeah. games. Yeah, they did. Like, they did get out. What are we doing here? Series for sure. For sure. What? In, in like what? How are you giving over Graves Kaisa? I, I can understand one or the other, but what? Come on now. We'll but see. then we saw also we saw SKT lose to KT, which was not a loss we we would have expected. Or T one lose that to you want to talk about cocky that that series was was I mean I'm I'm just going to straight up call them out because they've been unbelievably good other than that. But closer and Gumi were straight up trolling in those in that series. Like I don't know if like I don't know how in detail you guys watched that, but like they were they just zero respect. It's like they weren't even watching the map. Pushing up with no flash, no vision of the enemy jungler, multiple times. Closers in mid lane, just off the enemy tower, not even trying to get the wave reset. Doesn't have vision on either side of him. As a matter of fact, he knows his pink words on both sides, because he saw both of them. Still pushed all the way up to the tower, and he's acting surprised when he gets ganked as Ori. Like, I don't know if they were just checked out that day, or if they were just smelling themselves too much. Maybe a little bit of both, I don't know. But... It, honestly, so T1 play tomorrow. Uh, they get who was it? I just wrote on it today. I freaked up. They get. Oh wait, no, no, no sorry. They get tomorrow. Uh, they get sandbox. I think tomorrow, right? Yeah, they get. Oh sandbox. yeah, sandbox. I just wrote up that game too. Yeah, sandbox. Yeah, they they get sandbox tomorrow, and I was like, I was like, I I legitimately think we might see just like Teddy and Faker because those. I mean, I don't know what the deal is with Teddy, but. That was like a benchable worthy performance. Like, if anything, the if, if for no other reason than you actually have good players, the sub, because the embarrassment of riches T one have, and because like that's the kind of thing that you, te- you that's a teachable moment for a young player, right? That you can't, or maybe we see them come out and they're just sharp again because they got you know punched in the mouth for messing around, and or just not playing well and being lazy, and we, they come out and just stomp tomorrow. So that's certainly possible too. Uh. I don't know how we got on T1 from this, but... Oh, yeah. I was just talking about how all the top teams have, yeah. have had a loss. That was, you know, HLE lost to T1, who's 1-3 and three now. Uh, and then Gen G just lost to HLE. So, like, everybody's kind of... Everybody's kind of had, a you know, their moment where you're like, I don't know, maybe this team's not, you know, you know yeah. insane, you know. Yeah, for sure. So, everybody's looked mortal to some degree. I will say... So, I, I want to ask you this, because I, I, put, I put this in the column today, too, like... Is this T1 roster the best 5 and 7 team you've ever seen? <laughs> yeah, they're I mean they're pretty good. They're 1 and 3. They're 1 and 3 in matches. I mean I mean they've played the best teams in the league besides I mean even if you put KT at 5, I don't think that's outlandish. They've played the four the, the other four top 5 teams. So, I mean that's <laughs> That's the, the the miracle of scheduling, especially in January. And I think that's the overarching theme here. Uh, Josh mentioned overreaction season earlier, but, like, January League of Legends. You're just going to see some rust. So, who knows? So, there's a, a level of anger with this team because it's a good thing this happened in spring. Because which, last which year, T1. Oh, T1. Okay. T1. They're great. They're talented. They lose to random teams, Right. It's good that it's happened in spring because it, this is giving me like that summer vibe where they unexplicably lost to, I think, one of the bottom teams they early. They couldn't beat Hanwha. They always dropped they games to Hanwha last just, season. They just lost. And then that's what knocked them out of world's contention. 
And I hated that this team is this cocky to think that they can just do this again without any repercussion. Yeah. We'll, we'll have to see. Like, obviously, I think the top of the table in, in Korea is going to be a pretty clear cut above, and we'll, we'll just have to see exactly how it shakes out. But I, I do think all of these teams have looked pretty good, albeit a little bit, you know, little little shaking the rust off kind of situation going on. And then, yeah, Gen G are what, 2 and, are Gen G 2 and 2 or 1 and 3 also? This is a weird case, right? I think they're they're three and two now. Okay, all right. Yeah, it's weird. Weird start to the season. Um, Saturday we've got Brion plus two sixty against DRX minus three thirty three. DRX. Oh, we didn't say who we were going to be on for that last series. Josh is going to be on Hanwha. Yeah, I mean Hanwha plus two hundred seven is wild in my opinion. Like Damon looked like they could have easily lost to Genji this morning to me, and we just saw Hanwha beat Genji. So. I forgot. That was one other thing I wanted to talk about, too. So, have you guys... So, like, in traditional sports, we see this kind of thing all the time, right? And it doesn't always pan out the same way. But, like, sometimes you see a team that's on, like, a crazy winning streak or they're just, like, smoking everyone. They're the best team in the league. Whether I don't know. Pick a sport. Pick a team. Doesn't matter what, right? And they lose, like, just a weird game to a bad team or just a weird game in general. And it just throws them off. Or they lose to someone like you see it in football, Josh, all the time, where it's like, oh, this you know juggernaut team loses outright as like a fourteen point favorite to someone. It happens like once the or twice. Steelers, a year. yeah, Steelers this year. Yeah, it just happens, and then like sometimes, not always, but sometimes you see that team get into like a weird funk because like it's just so jarring. Sometimes it's not that. Sometimes it's just fatigue, and it has nothing to do with the the emotional part of it, but. I think I was actually really, really impressed with Damwon this morning for for a couple of reasons, right? That was a really, really weird game in game one. It was a 50-plus minute game. Genji were completely stomping them to start the game. It looked like they finally stabilized on, like, the fourth dragon and had – I don't want to say miraculously because they did have the stronger scaling composition, right? But they were really, really far behind in that game. Somehow managed to stabilize it grinded the next, like, 20 minutes out, doing everything they were supposed to, knowing that they could not lose as long as they stayed grouped up. Don't play the split game. Just stay grouped as five. Take every objective. Push in and win the game, right? And then Ghost makes one mistake in, like, you know, was it, like, 52 minutes or whatever it was? Gets caught out, and they lost the game on it, even though it looked like they had stabilized. That's a tilter. Have you guys, like, you guys, I'm sure you guys have played games like that, where it's like, you're getting killed, you're bringing it back, you've got the miracle comeback, you can feel it, right? You're like, holy shit, we're going to bring this game back. It feels so good, right? And then it gets taken away at the last minute. It feels like the last half hour of your life just got wasted because you're just grinding out that last half hour. It's a miserable feeling, right? Pretty much every game I play, Jelani. That's like literally <laughs> how every game goes. The, no, other, like, the enemy team takes the inhibitor at 18 minutes. Then we fight back until it's 40 minutes. And then somebody backdoors us while we're trying to get an objective. Yeah, that, and it's, that's uh, every game I play. In Soul and it's, t- it's tilting, right? It's frustrating as hell. And Damwon responded that's a tilting loss and this is a team that doesn't lose very often and they've had a rough start so that was a there was a very real chance that that could that could hit on your psyche a little bit right they came right out the next game and had almost a perfect game like the next game and then the game after that was near perfect too so i i love that they they've been facing this weird it's not even like adversity as much it's adversity in in that it's a different experience for them cuz they've just been raffle stomping everyone for the last 8 months so it's good to see that, like, when they're when they're struggling, they were able to get their head right in between games and just look completely normal. And I, I like I was really impressed at that because normally when you have teams that have just been winning, they're not used to being in that situation, right? 
So it was good to see that. So I'm, I was really, really impressed by that. I, I just wanted to jump on that. That said, I'm, I don't know if I'm going to be back in Dan one here. Not just because of the questions and everything. If you look at their underlying metrics, they're still dominating like everything. It's just a matter of like certain games they've looked shaky. So, um, Hamwa's all around. Nobody's on damn one here, right? It's Hamwa or pass, right? Okay. Back to Breon. Uh, Saturday, we've got Breon against DRX. Breon plus 260, DRX minus 333. Uh, interesting. I want to get your guys' opinion on Dragon X or DRX. They're not Dragon X anymore. They're the, they're also overreaction season. Dude, is this not the most, fr- like, this is so, they've, they, one, one of their wins is legitimate. One win is legitimate to me. I, I don't really operate in these, in that land too awful much. Uh, but I know where you're coming from. Um, like I, I do, I do to an extent, but like, I still think, you know, to win these series, like you have to be able yeah. to play. Like you just, you, I think you, the way you see the game is a little bit different than me in terms of like how much you, uh, how much you believe that people throwing you and you catching it is valued. Cause I think it's a more valuable thing than you do. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but with that being said, uh, like what, this is insane. Yeah. Even, you know, even, like, even if you were on that side of the fence, this yeah, is still fraudulent as hell, right? Like, this yeah, this is line like, is oh, and this line in, in particular is just way out of yeah. left field, right? Josh or John, yeah. do you agree? Yeah, I have to agree with you guys on this one. I said it in my last video. Is um, I think probably DRX. DRX is better than we thought they were. Yeah, for pre-season, sure. Absolutely. But they're probably the most overvalued team in the whole world right now, as far as like people love them right now, especially in the DFS world and stuff. People are very high on DRX, and I think we're going to see them come crashing back down pretty hard. I mean. I remember this exact thing. The best uh, like analogy for this that I can remember from last season is is Team Dynamics. Dynamics came out and started the season like three and one or four and one, and people were like, "They're going to take over the LCK," and then they ended like seven and fifteen or whatever. Like, you know, I think I think they're, I think they're more like Spring APK. Okay, yeah, that makes because sense. APK yeah. were the, they were coming out just. I mean, obviously Ixu had his weird picks in the top lane, but APK were just coming out and and playing to not lose. And early in the season, they caught a bunch of teams. They did. They they were they, they were exactly like this, like a bunch of wins where it was just the other team throwing huge leads against them somehow, and they were just there to catch it. They get credit for doing that because sometimes teams don't know how to come back from. We saw this with LGD last season. They just had no clue what to do if they didn't like steamroll the game, right? So they get credit for that. I do think the coaching staff's done a great job at giving this team really simple to execute stuff, which is what you should do with a new team, right? A lot of these guys are, are relatively new players, so even if they play together, like give them easy to execute compositions. Say this is very linear. Do this. If it doesn't win, then we'll fix it and move on the next time. That's what you do with a new team. You do one thing at a time. You don't try to do too many things. So I just I just think they're really predictable. I don't think they've earned half their even optimistically. I don't even think they've. I don't think they've. I don't want to say earned because they have made the comebacks, but like they've been gifted. Probably about half their wins, and that's being conservative, I think. And I think they're just going to go. Now, the, the other side of this is Breon, right? Is Breon legitimate? Are they actually going to be the 10th place team? They're I, probably going to be the 10th place team. I think to me, this game just comes down, like, regardless of all the kind of uh, subjective stuff we're saying, at the end of the day, like, if you were to power rank the LCK right now, I don't think you'd be able to put DRX above 7th. 
And you're not going to pay minus 333 for the seventh place team against the 10th place team. So absolutely. And you're going to take the, you know, you're going to want to take plus 260 on a, on, on that matchup. I think all day, like, so that I, I think regardless of like the actual analysis of the team itself, I think this specifically, like these odds are just so far out of whack that, I mean, you can replace these names with with really any, any two teams in a league and and you're probably going to want to take it if they're these sort of caliber of teams. Agreed. Um, Brion all around. Got it. Brion for me. Sandbox. Live Sandbox. Plus 470 against Gen G minus 667. Gen G to sweep is at minus 185. Sandbox have been a little bit frustrating too. Like you see the flashes with this team, right? And they have the players and individual players are, have shown you some games and then they show other games where it's not been the case, right? Yeah, Sandbox seems like an underrated team to me right now. Yeah, definitely. I don't think they're like I don't think they're exceptional, but as far as like how they've been so far this season, I think people are treating them like a ninth or tenth place team, and I think they're a little bit better than that. I think they're a lot better than that. I don't think they're quite into that elite tier though, but I think they're a lot better than the bottom of the table for sure. Four seventy is a pretty large number. Like I think Gen G is clearly better than Sandbox, but four seventy is a pretty large number. I think I have to find myself on Sandbox in this one. I think in order for me to not bet sandbox, I would have to believe that they're like basically a ninth or tenth place team in the league, like significantly, significantly worse than Gen G. And I don't think they're that much worse than Gen G. Yeah. So, yeah, four seventy feels yeah, better. They have me. they have players like that's the, the to, to me. I always simplify these kind of matchups where it's like, do, do they have players? Unless they're losing at like all five positions, then I'm I'm usually going to give them some amount of chance to win the series, right? Like I don't, Josh, I don't know if you feel the same way. Uh, I generally feel the same way, but what position are you giving them? Hmm. I I don't give them a single position, so I'm I'm that that statement is a little bit maybe support. I, I find it maybe support. Uh, yeah, I I can. Okay. All right. I, I mean, yeah. It's but what, so I, I guess in this case, in this case, I think it's like closer than it looks. To me, Did you hear? Oh, sorry, go ahead. All right, no, you you can go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say, did you guys hear Doublelift's comments about the Gen G bot lane? Yeah, I did. He thinks from his stream the other day. Or hard carrying it. Yeah. Yeah, he, I mean, he basically, like, he went off and was kind of like rulers stuck in fucking Elo hell in the bot lane trying to carry life's dead body around all the time, like life's garbage rulers carrying it. But then he, he was talking, the, the other thing he mentioned in that was that, like, he chose to, I mean, he probably could have made a case to move away from him, and they let, they let Kellen walk. So. That's that's like a weird dynamic, right? Like it might seem that way to him, but like if it's working, I, it's kind of odd that like I guess Ruler just likes him. I don't know. I like. Well, I, mean, I, I didn't thought he was that bad. I didn't either. Well, well, we, I mean, like, was Ming's not even in like the best port of all time conversation though, and and we saw Uzi never leave him, right? So yeah, it could just be a dynamic that works for them. Yeah, you know? it's. Uh, what what I what I was gonna say about this matchup specifically though is like. I, you guys both said you don't think they're a ninth or tenth place team, but like, I mean, I think all of us have Gen G in the elite tier. I don't have Sandbox. Like, who do you have worse than Sandbox for sure at this point? For sure. Like, I think, I think DRX, for sure it's DRX. only Breon for Breon, me, but DRX, DRX is right there. <laughs> like, I have them as like an eighth place team. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know if, if you guys Breon, are different on that. But. Breon, DRX, and I think they're possibly better than Afrika. But that's going to be like a time will tell situation. I think they're in that group. 
You know, you know what though? Like, I get. Here's the thing with sandboxes. Like, I actually, I know it's like potentials, like the taboo word, right? But like, I look at the players on this team as like this team should be good. They should be better than this. And like I've said that about I said that about them all last year too. So maybe it's a systemic thing. I don't know, but I to me they have enough talented players that like 470 is too big a number. That I mean, I'm definitely not going to be on Genji in this spot. I don't think it's too big a number this early. You know, that's, I, it's interesting. Like that shouldn't look like it's that interesting a matchup, but I think the number makes it interesting, right? All right. Anyway, Sunday. Uh, well, yeah, around the horn. I'll, I'm gonna. I'm probably. I'm probably gonna be light sandbox. Probably to like take a yeah. Break. It'll be light sandbox for me as well. I just think the number's a little bit too big. Josh, Genji kill spreads for me. Okay, that's fair. Um, Afrika, oh, Sunday we got Afrika plus two fifty seven. T one minus three twenty three. T one to sweep is at plus one hundred. Interesting one again, because what Afrika are we gonna get? You know, like it's. A figure like the Incredible Hulk a little bit, right? They can they can look gods here sometimes, and then they just have no idea what's going on the other times. This this matchup for me comes more down to like, have I decided to fully trust T one yet? Yeah, and I'm not sure that I'm fully trusting T one yet. Um, I think I probably just don't bet this one, but I think if I was going to bet, I would actually just bet the Afrika money line. I'm not. I need to see. A little bit, a little bit more out of T1. They've had some very good series where they look very good. Their stats are fantastic, like gold per minute and stuff like that. But like you said, we have seen some really boneheaded stuff from them that looked like it was kind of arrogance or not really caring that much. We don't really know which rosters are coming into play. Yeah. I'm just not ready to commit to to them as like a minus three twenty three against Afrika yet. Yeah, I think something that's interesting on this one too is is this number is likely to go up if T1 win tomorrow. Maybe not that much, but it's if if they come out and just obliterate Sandbox tomorrow, like two zero in fifty minutes or something like that, then you know you could see this go up to you know four hundred, five hundred, and all of a sudden you're laying money to to get the spread on it. So I think if you're gonna bet Afrika, you're better off waiting. But yeah, oh, so like I, I mean, just for comparison too, Sandbox are like plus three, whatever is like plus three eighty against them tomorrow. And if we like, I, I don't know where you guys have a freak relative to Sandbox, but like just comparative, you know, price there. I'd rather have Sandbox at the at the bigger number like that. So, yeah, I don't know. This is gonna be an interesting one. I think I think if you if you're thinking about a freak, probably wait. And I think there's a good chance that you see a sub situation. We might th- this might be a thing where this was the thing like two years ago. Where you could definitely call when T1 were going to use subs. Like, anytime they were playing the bottom five teams, they were going to play subs. Like, somebody. It didn't matter who. And, yeah, all of their subs and all their players are very, very good, but some are better than others. So, all of a sudden, your underdog looks look a little bit better if, you know, uh, at, you know Blank or Elm or whoever. Like, those guys are all very good, but, like, if they weren't at – they weren't cuz at the time, you know. So – Something to keep an eye on too. A little little added bonus for for dogs against T one. Nongshim Red Force again. We get two Nongshim games this weekend. Minus one thirty seven against KT Rolster plus one thirteen. Katie Rolster. <laughs> yeah, Katie all the way for me. Yeah, uh, I don't know what's happening with Nongshim. They won like one series, and apparently now they're like barely worse than T one. 
Like, if you look at these comparative odds against Afrika, I wanted to mention this on the last one. Uh, they have T1 like only a hundred points better than Nongshim against Afrika. Yeah. I would have. I I really wish T1 was facing Nongshim this week because oh, then yeah. we could have got some sick odds on T1. It looks like, but uh, unfortunately, not happening. So, yeah, I, I'm I'm with KT all the way here. I don't. I, don't, I, I would be hard pressed to understand how anyone would be taking Nongshim here. Yeah, even as the Nongshim bowl preseason with how they've looked, I, I'd be on KT Rolster in this matchup too. We're going to have to see a lot more coming together from Nongshim to to think that they're a, a minus 137 favorite over KT, I think. KT all day. Chris, what do you think? Um, This is much closer uh, because I still take this as early season. There should be some The value is too good on a KT. I don't know. Yeah, that's that's what it is for me. Like these two teams could end up being even by the end of the season, but I feel like Nashim can win this game, but uh, it's probably not as convincing. I'm 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 going to lean Nashim for this. One. Okay. Uh, see another interesting one here. We're going to get to see Rich and Doran. And D- Doran, by the way, can we mention that because he's just on a he got embarrassed by rascal in their first match and he's just been on an absolute warpath since then he's been dominating everybody i know he he caught like i think he he won both sides of a matchup in the first two games against kana and then the third game was just like hard countered on nar and just like dumpstered it was it might not have been nar i forget who it was but like he like won t- he won both sides of a counter matchup and then got countered again and won the matchup outright again so Doran is just like out. He's just on a mission, I guess, man. Because he's been, I guess that that lost week one was all he needed to to get into shape. Because he's been he's been really fun to watch. He's been, I mean, honestly, like for the small sample we have, he's been like the best top laner I think anywhere for the first you know few series. Anyway, I don't know how long that lasts, but it's been real fun to watch. I'm gonna see him again. Him against Rich should be a good one. Yeah, I think him and Rich will be a fun one to watch. Yeah. Alrighty. Uh, LPL, we've got. E-Star plus 204 against LNG, minus 286. I'll say E-Star to take a game is at minus 167. Get plus money. I'm going to get you guys' opinion on this, because it's not something that I expected at all. Um, LNG, to me, has seemed like one of the most stable LPL teams yeah, right? <laughs> that's out there. Like They seem like the rock-solid, stable team that's like you can count on them to beat the people they're supposed to beat. I never would have thought that. Like, with the players that they have on the roster coming into the season. That's what I'm worried like, about, dude, is they seem good, that way. They, they seem yeah, that I, way. Stable was not what I expected out of this icon-Tarzan duo. Uh, but they've looked very stable. This is... Honestly, I, I, I'm I'm not buying LNG yet. I'm still not. Because I... <laughs> just call it, well, a gut fe- call it a gut feeling. I'm, I don't know what, man, but I'm not buying it. In on the stable saviors, but I'll say the... this: I'll say this. I'm definitely not with E Star. That's for damn sure. Like, you don't think Irma's one of the best mid laners in the LPL, or what? His his numbers are way better than what he's actually been doing. But I'll say he was better than I thought he was going to be, and he's way better than he was in the what two games we saw him play last season, or a few games we saw him last season. He's looked. I'll say Irma hasn't looked bad, but he's not as good as his numbers look for sure. E-Star is the Chelsea show. Like, literally this team, their their only wins are, like, not their, not their only wins. Most of their wins, I feel like, are, like, literally Chelsea hard-carrying team. Like, bailing them out of all sorts of mistakes. The other team screws something up, and, you know, he gets a sick engage, and they win the, they win the game, right? 
and just a tribute to him because this team is not very good and he's hard carrying as a support, which is ridiculous. Anybody that ever says support can't carry needs to watch this guy play because he's he's an absolute savage. What if Sh- imagine if Chelsea was on like an elite team? Yeah, he could be an addition for a lot of top teams, esports. Sure. Just saying. IG even. With, IG. Although Balan has looked better. We're going to get to them in a little bit. Go ahead, Chris. Yeah, he could go to RNG, just complete the whole set of E-Stars. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, he's – I honestly feel bad. He's he's ELO held pretty hard right now, I think. I mean, he was It was kind of this way in summer too. Like he was like so much of that team in summer too. So interesting. Um I I can't back E Star here, and I don't like L. I'm not buying LNG, and I still can't back E Star here. They look like one of the worst teams in the LPL. Um, the minus one point five is in consideration for me. For yeah, LNG. That's plus money. Yeah, maybe. That might be the play. You might be right. This might be an under game. We'll LNG, uh, to the best of my memory, off the top of my head, are the least bloody team in the LPL so far. That sounds about right. I don't know off the top of my head, but I believe they really don't not looking for fights. They play smart. I think that's where Tarzan brings his. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, they're they're pretty much. There's an argument that it's TT, but it's either TT or LNG. Pretty T-T, much that T-T. are the least bloody. Oh, least bloody. Yeah, I was gonna say. I said, why are these teams in the same sentence? <laughs> Um, next up, we've got an awesome one. We got the, the LPL slate. We got the bad ones out of the way. It's just good ones now. We've got uh, Team WE minus two twenty two against RNG plus one sixty three. We'll say uh, RNG to take a game is at minus two thirty three. I these two teams have been very very good, and. I like seeing LPL teams that have a good understanding of what macro is and what seeing the big picture in the game is about and not tunnel visioning on the one thing that's directly in front of you and not thinking about the consequences of it. Thank you, RNG and WE. I'm going to include EDG in this as well, right? And I'll top most of the time are like this too. Thank you for being the adults in the room. That's it. That's all I want to say. Now, on this game, I, I think these are the best teams in the league because they're the ones that aren't going to lose to themselves. <laughs> yeah, I do agree with you, although sometimes the adults in the room miss out on making a bunch of money because they don't want to bet Wall Street bet stocks. So oh, you never know. That's fair. <laughs> so is, here's the thing. Is, is this number too big for these two? Like even with the yeah, Jabu situation? The RNG side seems, seems heavy. Like to be at, at 163. Both these teams have been very good, and WE has maybe even underperformed a little bit, even though their record's very good. So, Does it, I'm just, I think the Zhao Hu thing is going to catch up to them shortly, like at some point. He's going to get better, but I think in the next few weeks, they're going to face some really, really good teams, and they're going to have to figure this out, I think. You guys know what I'm saying? Like, he's, he's, he's not cheesing every game now. But he's in this transitional period where he's figuring a lot of this stuff out. And I think against the good teams, they're not just going to be able to out-macro their way to wins. That's my only concern with RNG. You agree with that, Josh? Or you, you, where, do you, where do you stand on this series? Uh, so, I uh, I don't know if you guys saw like the quote from Jahu prior to their previous game. But the man's got his swagger back, bro. Oh, he, yeah. Uh, 
He basically said, it's a travesty that Audi is starting because that means I don't get to solo kill Long G like 10 times. <laughs> is, is effectively what he said. Um, so j- literally due to just that quote, I don't care what the hell else has ever happened. Like they could be 0 and 20. I'm just, there's no way I can ever is fade that this who got man. that BDE, dude? Yeah, just, <laughs> I can't fade him ever. There's no shot. Is, that, that is, is this a Ryan Fitzpatrick situation? It's, it's one of the most epic quotes I've seen. Let me, let me <laughs> get the exact quote this? for you. Uh, I'll get the exact quote for you, but but you can pull, go pull ahead. the quote out, Chris. Chris, what are you? Where are you at on this match? Your okay, boys so, are LNG. Yeah, when we talked about LNG, it's so strange to see them as consistent. It's very cognitive dissonance for me to see RNG succeeding and not faltering and not face planting. With that said, they've heard me way too many times for me to trust them. <laughs> The scorned lover, Chris Chung, over here. Yeah, sometimes you can't go back. Sometimes they hurt you so bad, it doesn't matter how much they apologize. It's unforgivable, right? That's right. <laughs> it's going to happen, and they're going to disappoint me at some point. I'm trying to look. i got to pull RNG's schedule up, because I'm pretty he sure. Said, go ahead, Josh. His, his direct quote, well, like his direct translated quote, it is pitiful that Audi will be the starting top laner. It means I can't play against Longshi. I really want to give Longshi an Emperor package that makes him uh, to fly, which means catch him so many times that it becomes negative in the game. It's like a <laughs> so he just he popped off on him, and I'm I'm here. Oh, that's I'm outstanding. That's awesome. Uh, all right, so RNG get Billy Billy next week. Rogue Warrior. Wow, they only have. They get Rogue Warriors after that, and then or, you know, so they get Billy Billy next week, Billy Billy and IG next week, and they get Rogue Warriors and Fun Plus the week after. So they're going to face some stiffer competition now. Um, this is like the first, I think. I guess Victory Five was a pretty tough test, but um, I mean, even that game that was that ended up being Game Three of that series was a bonanza. That was something else, but yeah, RNG are just kind of. Making it, they're they're literally just making it work on the fly. It's actually kind of cool to see, right? I will say, I think WE should be the favorite. I do, but I think if I'm writing the line, it's like WE minus one fifty, yeah. RNG plus one fifty ish. That's where I'm at. Somewhere maybe even a little bit closer than that. So that that's the reason I head towards RNG. I do think WE is a favorite. Yeah, match. WE are are also in WE. I think are legit. Like they they look really really good. Again, like I said, they they're just not stupid. Like <laughs> so, like that's. I legitimately think that's a massive advantage in the LPL. Like, if you're just not stupid and your players are pretty good, they don't even have to be the best players. If your players are pretty good and you're not stupid, you're one of the best teams in the league. That's what EDG's made their hay on for the last seven years. Right? So, and and Team WE looks... Shanks is... He hasn't, like, blown me out of the water or anything like that, but he doesn't need to. All he needs to be is pretty good. We don't need him to be an absolute maniac, Right? We just need him to be good, and if he's making this team play smart and he's contributing to that, don't change a damn thing. I don't even want to see anybody else. Keep this going. It's good. WE are good. They're legit. They're going to be a title contender. I'm glad I got futures on them. <laughs> um, RNG's all around. The, the, the price is too rich, though, right? RNG are good enough that they shouldn't be dogs by this much, I don't think. So, yeah, I'm going to be on RNG probably. Um. I think the line is probably more in line with what you were saying, John. I think like minus 150 range, something like that. So Saturday, TT versus Victory 5. TT plus 424, Victory 5, minus 714. Give me Victory 5 spread, minus 159. TT are bad. 
Yeah, TT, the biggest underperformer of the LPL so far, in my opinion. Um, I, I had, I didn't think they were going to be good, but I thought they were going to be like maybe middle of the table. I thought they were going to be know, not like bad. Tenth, you know, ninth, something like that, maybe right in that battleground. But they've been, they've been seventeenth, basically. You know, what's as far what's as like, so frustrating is that we've seen each of the players have had games, right, where they've looked out like pretty good. They just have such garbage decision making, like. It's it's Dominus again. It's literally Dominus again. Well, you would get some you get some performances out of like it was like natural and and you'd you'd get some was uh uh Peng, I think was jungling for them last season, right? Like you'd get some games out of people, but they would then they would just as a team they're they're a terrible team. They've got players, they're a terrible team. And unfortunately in the LPL if you have only okay players and you're a terrible team, you're probably not going to do very well. So they benched Captain for Twyla. I don't know if that was just a rookie thing or if they thought Twyla was, would be able to maybe shot call or providing game leadership or something like that. Because that, that's their problem. They're, pro- they're never going to be good until they fix that. That was their problem all summer. It took them until what, week seven of summer before they finally looked like a professional League of Legends team. And uh, unfortunately, it's looking like that's the case again. It sucks. I was hope I had I had high hopes for this team, but until they fix that, I, I I think they're just all. I think they might be one of the only teams I'll legitimately say auto fade in the world, like in the majors anyway. Because I just I think they're probably the worst team in the four majors, in ter- like relative to the league anyway. Um, Invictus. Plus 133 against Fun Plus Phoenix, minus 172. This is going to be a fun one. The Shy versus Nogari. Doyen B against Rookie. Two this rookie jugglers. This is going to be so fun, dude. I'm looking forward to this one. You know what somebody said to me today that actually like kind of opened my eyes a little bit? What do you think about Invictus Gaming Teddy? Maybe we bring Teddy think... over here to play for Invictus. I don't. I don't think Wink has been the problem. I think Bowland had an awful first couple series. He look. He's looked better in the last two. I'll give him. I'll give him that. But I mean, Teddy would be an upgrade. Yeah, sure. Teddy would be an yeah, upgrade. Teddy would be an upgrade. That feels like that could be kind of cool. I feel like they, if Teddy's not going to play for T one, I feel like they should inquire. Yeah, maybe. Doesn't it feel so? Like Invictus. The thing with Invictus is it looks like they're going back to just Lane Kingdom, the team. Like they're not going to play around anything. They're just gonna they're just gonna play and hope they beat you, which isn't the best plan. But when you have really good players, it can be. So, if they're gonna do that, maybe they do just want to go get a stud like Teddy, right? I don't know. It's definitely a thought. Is this FPX? How much do you guys know about watches? Uh, not much. Like you, not enough to get your. I know that. I know that uh, reference, Josh. Okay. Okay. So like. When you're like first starting to get watches when you're younger, there's like this certain brand of watches, and they're called Invicta watches. And there's just there there's a ton of them. They're like super cheap, and they're also just like for the most part they look super fancy, but they're like really crappy. So what I said in my show notes is like Invicta is going to be looking like an Invicta watch in this spot, especially after what they did this morning. Everyone's going to be like, oh my god, oh my god, Invicta is back, Invicta is back. And then FPX is going to be like, yeah, psych. I just, uh, it's possible. Uh, so do you, think, do you think that you think there's value in FPX here? Or do you just, this is I just do. a pass in FPX win? 
no, I think I think there's value in FPX here. I actually, well, actually, uh, no, never mind. I thought the number for some reason I had this odd flipped with someone else in my head. Looking at the line, I don't think I'd bet it. It's a fair price, way. right? Yeah, I think this is a pretty fair price. I, I wouldn't bet it, but I do think FPX is better than Invictus. Like I think, yeah, I, I'm I'm probably the biggest fair. Invictus bull on the show. I think probably. I don't know if anyone's changed their their thoughts on Invictus overnight, Chris. I don't know if you changed your opinion on Invictus. I don't think they're like sixth in the league, somewhere right around there. I, I'm very bullish on this team over over time, but it's FPX right now. I mean, there's a there's a chance. The thing with these all these solo laners are so good that any one of them could just go ballistic in any given game. And you're gonna have the two the two young junglers in this case too. Is is definitely interesting. Um. I think the FPX bottom lane has just been playing better this season. They look like they've been playing like 2019, but I, I, I actually think this is a fair price. I wouldn't. I'm, this is probably going to be a pass for me, and I'll, I'll look to play derivatives or something like that. But yeah, I think this is a fair price. This looks about right to me. I think FPX deserved to be favored by you know give or take this much off the top of my head anyway. Chris, IG, FPX. My mind of what they're showing today against Rogue Warriors, right? It's just crazy. The left rogue they they're not I like I like that they're going vintage, but that's not gonna win you LPL. I now. agree. I agree with you. Uh, it's fun to see every once in a while, but I, I'm with you. Um Yeah, the thing with that is like I don't wanna say they played down, but like this IG used to do this all the time. Where against the bottom table teams they would just clown around and play solo queues. Like, oh there's just like no tanks, no engage, comp has zero synergies whatsoever, and they're just like I feel like playing this this game, and they play the pick champion. The coach is probably throwing his clipboard against the wall backstage. He's like, "Oh, why do I even bother? Why do I even show up to? Why did I even show up to work today?" You know, it's like I imagine that's what the coaching staff's been like with this team over the years. But uh, so we've seen that in the past. It was kind of it was kind of like in a weird way. It was like nostalgic seeing that again because they haven't really been like that, honestly. Uh, so it was kind of fun seeing that again. But I'm with you, Chris. Like it's not a winning strategy like i don't know the team's just so talented but i don't know here's i think i think i'm almost biased against ig in that when the shy does the shy things i just instantly feel bad like it, he, <laughs> he like this morning he was kicking the crap out of the renekton so bad on quinn that i felt i legitimately felt bad for the other player i was like i don't even like i can't comprehend how awful it must feel to be a professional yeah. player and then just get make like just look emasculated, like a right? Like, <laughs> bro, like he had he was like level one when the shy was level three. The CS I think was like thirty five to eight at yeah. one point or something, and it's just like he steps up to the wave and he's just nope. He's like you're not allowed up here. Don't even don't even move from underneath that tower, bud. Like I, it's like so. Then I'm just like, man, this guy's just a bully. He's not very nice. <laughs> I, I guess we we could talk about Ziv a little bit because he has not made the transition well, and, and maybe that'll change over time. But he is not. I mean, Rogue Warriors, whatever you want to think about them is whatever. But he individually, Ziv has not looked great so far. You guys agree with that? Yeah, I mean, that's a risk when you're taking a player from a worse region than your region, I think. I worry about that sometimes with, like, the uh, Australian players coming to the LCS that maybe, 
you know, they might not be ready, even if the level of competition is not much higher, that they still might not quite be ready in, in the next level of competition. So, I mean, there's a chance he, he figures it out over time, and it's just like he has to – you got to think – so I, for those that don't know, Ziv has been a professional for – I mean, I'm not going to look it up right now, but I'm pretty sure he's been around since, like, 2013. He's been He's been in the game for a long time. So – and this is, I mean, he, this is a guy that's been to multiple worlds. He's been the best player in his league. I'm sure he's playing against these guys in solo queue and everything. I'm sure he's playing on the on the super server and doing all that and everything that he's got to do. So it's not like he's completely far into this, but playing in in a new league against like the higher caliber of player on average than he's used to, and he's used to smashing everyone. I actually respect the fact that he came to the LPL. Because he's probably had a pretty comfortable career. I don't know what kind of paycheck he got here. I'm sure he got a bag. But, like, I respect the fact that he came here this late in his career because that shows that he he wants to elevate. Like, he wants to keep going. He wants to see what he can do. But so far, it has not been a good look for him. And maybe, maybe he'll adjust. We've seen him crush people at Worlds before, like good top laners, too. So... Yeah, I don't know. He's He's got he's got some work to do. Rogue Warriors has some work to do. Um... I want. I want to see them being. I want to see them just being the the variance machines again. I want to see Forge. I want to see Forge and Haro just going around making shit happen. On. I mean, they've been doing Galio and, and TF, I guess. But like, keep keep that kind of thing going, and just get better at it. I guess. I don't know. I think. I mean. I mean, that's a good segue. I think. I think that is what. That's why I'm taking them in the next matchup. Personally. Oh yeah. I think they showed the ability to do that even this morning. I mean, I. I, I uh, thought their early game, and I think it was game two, was like phenomenal. They were yeah. playing really well, um, battling right back against IG, and Forge made some really good plays on Galio. Like I think it was was it you Vince talking about the like it was so disrespectful for Rookie to not take cleanse in oh, that yeah. matchup. Oh, and they yeah punished the shit out of him for it. Yeah, <laughs> like... and like that's what you want to see a team like that do. And now obviously IG is just. They're just better players. Like yeah. there's, there's no really no way around it. And I think Rare Adam is better too. But I mean, I don't think Rare Adam should be laying five twenty six in this spot, and I don't think Rogue should be getting plus three thirty. So yeah. I think that's I, that's I think one of the stronger sides for me on this this slate this week. Yeah. The the other elephant in the room that we we kind of mentioned at the top of the show is is the bottom lane issue right now. Like it's just a, like they've tried two. They they're they're just, they're just mix and matching the four players. It's it's Michi and Kellen. And then they're just going back and forth between Chocho and Reheal. And, I mean, these are substitute-level players. Like, these are, like, not super high L- L- LDL prospects. They're, like, literally, like, sub-quality players. So, like, substitute quality, maybe. And they're trying to make do until Betty gets through this whole situation, if that is, in fact, what's going on. And he's not just saying, I don't want to play for this team. <laughs> but... um. Maybe maybe bet maybe a stable veteran presence, another LMS veteran coming over. Maybe that helps this team gel some more. But for the time being, this is kind of a mess. Um, I'm with you at plus three thirty, Roberts. Yeah, uh, I think uh, I think Rogue Warriors has some value here. I'm not sold on Rare Adam at all. Yeah. I have not been impressed with them, and there people were high on them coming into the season. Yeah, um, but I've not been impressed with Rare Adam at all. They've been season, so. they've been wildly just they've just been dumb. And I was like the biggest rare Adam bull that I know. Maybe, uh, maybe who's Emmerich in the Discord is, yeah. is, is with me, right? But they've straight up, they've just been stupid. I'll, I'll just say it. Like, <laughs> it's not even like individually, like they're playing bad. It's just, again, like just shitty decision making. Like, it's like, yeah, and I think Rogue Warriors has enough 
variance to the way that they play that I think at plus 330 is just fine. I don't think I would take TT in this spot against Rare Adam, but I would take pretty much anyone else in the league at plus 330 against Rare Adam yeah. at the moment, I think. I think, I mean, how, how and Forge are capable of taking over a game. We've seen that, and I, yeah. Yeah, the weird thing with Rogue Warriors, too, is, like, this is a team that beat top esports, so, like, <laughs> I mean, top kind of beat themselves a little bit in those drafts, but still, like, even if top beat themselves badly in draft for for whatever reason, and you have a good read on it and you can attack that, you still have to beat top esports, you know? Like, that's not an easy thing. Against, like, the elite teams, that's the whole catch. Is like, you can catch them off guard. You still got to beat them. And they did. So there's something there with this team, right? Like, the, they've shown flashes. I don't know. It, it, I'm just, like, I, I'm a little less – I thought I, I thought Rogue Warriors were going to be, like, our, our, our darling punch-up underdogs like they've always been, where you just take them when they're plus 300 or better against, like, whoever – but I've been like a little skeptical to do that with the with the whole the, everything going on with them. But I think this is a pretty good spot for it, for sure. Chris, any thoughts on Rare Adam Rogue Wars? I don't know. I have a hard time again trusting. But this is a, I mean, if if Breon, Freddie Breon can beat down one, <laughs> this is a good. Is that just the <laughs> meme for the rest of the season? Well, Breon did it. Anybody <laughs> could. Believe <do> it. <laughs> uh... Um. Yeah, I'm like you guys. I I was never high on Rare Adam to come in this season. I thought I had egg on my face when they won against uh, as a top bottom esports, whatever. Um. But yeah, uh, I'll take a chance. I'll take a chance on World Warriors. Yeah, I think that's the spot here. Then we got whew, another slobber knocker. We got Saturday and Sunday morning. Our chef's kiss, man. Top esports minus two thirty eight against JDG plus one seventy four. Oh man, I really want to bet JDG, but uh, I'm probably not going to. They're, they're oh no, say it ain't so, John. Turmoil. Too much turmoil so far this uh, this season with JDG. I need a little more flattening uh, flattening of the curve with their play yeah. style because they've been uh, they've been around all, all over the different various levels of play this season. And I think top's good enough that I just not I'm not sure I'm getting there on plus one seventy four. I think I have to pass up on this. Yeah, tough so. scene. Tough. It's a tough scene because the just don't do it. John Jaguar had his fist raised to the door, about to knock. But uh, you know, we said it last week. Top esports not losing another series the rest of the spring. Um, I honestly I don't hate the minus one and a half at plus one forty two just because like we did JDG did get two would by EDG and like again. The transitive property is definitely not everything, especially not in esports. But just because of that, I think plus 142 to do it for a team that I think most of us think is better um, in general is pretty good odds for me. My, my only concern is that top are like so far have just been like, okay, this is what we're doing. And they just put they just put it out there like they're, they're playing open faced like every single game. They just show it's like, okay, this is what we're going to do this game. Beat it. Okay, so there's but, a chance that JDG have a good way to attack that, but like, based on what I've seen this season, I'm not buying that. Like, I'm really not. I, they're 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 struggling just to do their thing right now. I, I think JDG is going to be fine. Don't get me wrong, but right now they they look pretty bad right now. I don't know if this is just the culmination of a bunch of long seasons. We saw the burnout deal with the documentary this off season, like. I don't know if this is just the culmination of all those things. Like, obviously, it's JDG. There's still going to be a certain amount good because the players are just ridiculously good. But, yeah, 
It's it should it should be indicative of their current status when John is, is John is like the the biggest JDG backer I know, and he's he's like, yeah, John John not taking JDG at plus one seventy four should concern you. I'll say that. It's fair fair assessment. Yep, I'm worried. I'm a little bit worried. I still think they're going to be very good, top five yeah. in the league, but yeah. I'm a little bit worried right now in particular. Yeah, especially with uh, the other thing to consider is like they they could I don't want to say they're going to be the FPX necessarily, but we could see I mean with everybody else elevating and they've kind of stayed the same maybe down a little bit. No, they're definitely down a little bit right now, but you know, even if like over the course of the season they don't quite get back to where they were at the end of the last season, the fact that some of these middle of the table teams have stepped up EDG, RNG, um I think like Victory 5 is still WE, Victory 5 is still pretty good. The fact that these teams have all stepped up means the level of competition is higher, so they're going to look mortal sometimes, I think. So, yeah, the top esports. That, I mean, hopefully they prove me wrong. We'll see. This is going to be the, the rematch of both finals last season, so a little bit of a grudge match here. Maybe maybe, maybe JDG was in a look-ahead spot. Maybe they've been looking ahead to this series. I don't know. Uh, LEC, any other thoughts on uh, LPL? Any of the teams we didn't talk about that aren't on this slate? OMG plays tomorrow. Billy Billy plays tomorrow. OMG, I'll just say off the top of my head, is a team that I think has overperformed my expectations of them. Yeah, they've been pretty good. I'm moving them up the table a little bit from, like, we had them, like, bottom two, bottom three, maybe last. I'm moving them up to, like, that ninth, tenth range. I think this team's actually all right. I don't know if they're going to be ninth, tenth range, but to me they're definitively better than the bottom teams. So, like, they're they're better than the trash tier. I'm just – I'm not sure how far up to move them. I don't – I still don't I, think they're very good, but – Another team that's playing tomorrow night that I feel the same way about is LGD. I think pre-getting Kramer back, they've looked better than expected without Kramer. Yeah. So when Kramer comes back, if they get a little better, maybe they're in that like 11th, 12th place range as well yeah. rather than being bottom of the league. Yeah, we're going to get to see Peace tomorrow. Um, Peace is the protege for Lumel uh, from J- JDG Academy System, Joy Dream, I think. And uh, we're going to get to see him tomorrow. He's starting for LGD, so you're going to get that bottom lane together, see how that goes for the first match. I went against LNG tomorrow, just for the record, full disclosure. But, uh, yeah, I they've looked better than I thought, but they've also been kind of they, – they're another team where it reminds me a little bit of APK, not in that the weird top lane stuff, but, like, they're just playing – like, they just look pretty good, but they're doing the same thing. They just want to play the globals, and that gets predictable, and if you ban that out, They've looked kind of like, okay, what now? They don't have that depth yet. Maybe they're going to get better, but I will say I agree. They've looked, they've surprised me. They looked pretty good um, relative to where I thought they were going to be, which is just you know dumpster fire. So we'll see. I, I think typically those teams when they come out and they look pretty good, you got to be real cautious. They don't get too optimistic because usually it's just like early weeks. People don't have film on them. Uh, they don't know what they're trying to do, and then once they get figured out, they don't have that depth of strategy. So you just got to be real careful about those kind of teams, I think. Uh, who else am I forgetting? Somebody else? Those were the two teams I kind of wanted to mention out of that group. EDG has looked fantastic, who we didn't get to talk about in this EDG. slate. I'm excited about my futures on them. Same. Yeah, EDG looked outstanding. They looked tremendous. And, yeah, I'm hype on them. Again, adults in the room and good players. Oh, joy. I do think I, – I was calling them, like, diet top esports. But, like, right now they're they're playing really, really well, so maybe they're just, like, at that level. Um, yeah, EDG, WE, 
I think top FPX look like, and they, I think they look like the best teams in the LPL. And I think, I think RNG is going to get there. They're just, I'm, I'm, I, I need to see more from this transitional thing. I think they're going to lose. They're going to lose some series in the next few weeks as, as, and then I think, the, I think by the end of the season, they'll be pretty good. And they're already pretty good. So I think RNG is probably going to be in that conversation too. LEC. Yes, that should be Fnatic Vitality. You're right. I'll look that up momentarily. Um, who wants to introduce, you want to do the first match for LEC? Yeah, we can. We Any can gen, big, big picture takeaways from, uh, from week one? Yeah. Uh, week one was an interesting start. I think we touched on it a little bit at the beginning of the show, but, uh, Fnatic, a team I'm coming into this week excited to, to potentially be betting on. I was actually hoping they'd end up going 03. I mean, me too. Um, overreaction season, get in full swing for them. Uh, John mentioned it, but Excel, who we all kind of had as our darling, a little bit weird with the way they're drafting. They're doing the support top meta, which top Ivern, I, baby. Yeah, I just I don't know that they're good enough. Go ahead. Wrong player to be doing yeah. that with. Yeah, I don't know that they're good enough to do that, and I don't know that if it's Cries' place. I mean, yeah. this guy that was playing Kale last year when Kale wasn't meta um, seemed like a lot more of a side lane split push, hard carry top laner. I mean. I'd love to see them get him on like a Camille game or something here if they could, but we'll, we'll see. I mean, there will be opportunities for them to get him on like a Quinn against a Renekton almost surely coming up. So, so maybe they get to that, but um, that was kind of unfortunate from week one, I thought. And then, I mean, G2 is just an absolute dump. Like they're just going to dumpster everyone. It seems um, they look, they look absolutely absurd. Other than that, I don't know. I mean, vitality, I think was, Someone I know Vince was high on. And I think all of us kind of agreed that there would be a team that we thought would gel quickly. They didn't really strike me as that. They looked really, really, really rough to me in week one. I don't know about you guys' yeah, thoughts. They, there, they played. They had two really weird games. the The first game they played was like that that goofy fifty minute, you know, Ringling, Ringling Brothers Circus came to town kind of game, right? Where it was like they looked like they were way ahead. That that was like the most iconic January game. Right, like that was that was January League of Legends in a nutshell, where it's like, okay, they get ahead, they're crazy, they got the tempo composition, and everything, and yeah, they get outscaled or whatever, but like, they literally got ahead and they were just like, oh, I forgot what we're supposed to do. I think over time, you, I mean, you're, you're starting to see it already in a lot of the leagues that have been playing for a little bit. That like, once it gets more polished, those kind of games are going to be closed out a lot more frequently. So, not always but more frequently than they are in the beginning of the season. So uh, I don't really know. I'm, I'm with you. They, did, they didn't quite look great at all. They didn't look great at all, but, like, it's, it's always hard to judge those, like, those bizarre games. Because, like, if you, if you just look at the first 20 minutes of that game, it's like, oh, they were stomping Schalke. Like, it wasn't even close. So, yeah. The other thing I'd add about the league overall is uh, I wanted to agree with your point on Fnatic. This is a great Fnatic week, and I think in DFS it's an even better Fnatic week because Fnatic's the bloodiest team in the league right now, oh, and they haven't been winning. And so this is a great time to just be picking up some Fnatic and getting involved in some bloody games where your ownership's probably not going to be as high as it should be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm I'm definitely with that. Um, I guess we'll go right into it, right? Uh, another so- underperformer, I guess. We got Excel plus 131 against Mad Lions minus 172. I was impressed. Armit looks pretty good to me. Mad Lions are going to be good. You were right, John. I'm an idiot. And dude, we, we when we recorded our LEC show, I, I ended up writing my like my my full length piece 
on the LEC afterwards, and I, I moved I moved Mad Lions up. I was way too low on when we did our LEC show. They're gonna. I don't think they're gonna be like that elite tier. I'm still waiting. They're like wait and see. They're they're like top of A tier to me. So, and they could get into the higher tier. It's just going to be a matter of time. Uh, that said, are is this? I don't know. Do we think Excel is just this? They have to get better, don't they? I mean, yeah. their whole team's good players, man. I mean, like they have to they have to be better than this. It's I, every know, split with them. You, you know, their whole team's good. You know what that reminded me of? So, like, there's some teams, and you've I've heard pros talk about this before. I can't, I'll have to cite the specific example. I don't remember off the top of my head. But the Western teams, they prepare – they don't prepare for their opponents. They prepare a strategy for the week. Some teams do this. Maybe that was just, like, their read. And it's like, oh, this is our – there's three games in the first weekend. If we catch people off guard in the first weekend, jump out to a good start, that's a big deal, right? It's a bigger chunk of the season than a normal week. So – Maybe they had this weird game plan to come out of left field with, you know, throw the knuckleball, see what happens, you know. Like, uh, I do think that strategy is very powerful. Like, it's very, very powerful, but it's also hard to do. Um, They didn't look terrible. Like, they looked like they – two of those games, they looked like they had stabilized a little bit. The game against Rogue, I was, like, kind of worried. I was like, I think Rogue might lose this game. They didn't look awful. I just – I really wanted them to come out and look great. Yeah, in the that's first fair. week, and they they looked mediocre. So, what do you think on this price? Then, like, is this hey, one thing? I'll just add in is that strategy is very hard to execute. One and two, it relies on like if you're going to play a support top laner, you have to have a great AD carry, which they do have, and then you also have a, have to have a really good jungler. It, to me, it feels like Excel misjudged how good Dan is in like relation to the rest of the league. That's what it feels like to me because they're playing these support comp- compositions that, you know, you want to be buffing up an 80 jungler and your 80 carry, right? With, with, with these, with the moon staff meta, right? Mm-hmm. And it feels like Dan's just not at the point where he can be like leaned on in that sort of cap- capacity right now. So that's what it felt like to me. Um, I will admit, I didn't, I didn't actually get to see the game against you two. Um, but it's looked like they played a more standard comp there, so that's at least encouraging to see to John's point. One thing I'll mention here is like they tried this strategy. They played G two and Rogue for two of their games. So maybe the fact that they tried this and it, it didn't look a bit it, I mean they, they got walloped eventually by Rogue, but it took a little while for that to happen, right? The fact that they didn't get just completely wiped off the face of the earth in those games by those two teams with this weird look. I mean, maybe the weird look is like part of what made it look that way. I don't know. But if the fact the fact that they were able to like make this look decent against against good teams like that, maybe that says something. I don't know. But I don't know. I, I, they're they're hard to re- excel. I think might just need to be like wait and see. Like I might just have to wait and see if that was just the one week thing or if this is something they're going to be doing. I'm probably not touching this game. Like I would lean Mad Lions, but I'm kind of worried that Excel are just going to do something different again. If there was no juice, I think I would bet Excel. Like if it was minus one seventy two plus one seventy two, yeah. I think plus one seventy two might be good enough for me to bet Excel. But you know, with the juice, I don't I don't think it's worth it on either side for me. Yeah. Um. What have we got? Shock a plus one hundred nine or SK plus one hundred nine against Shock a minus one forty five. SK looked a little better than people thought, but give me Shock all day, dude, all day. 
Yeah, I, I can't see anything that gives me hope that SK is going to get any better. They did take one game, right? They beat a strike. Yeah, that wouldn't be a game. SK just doesn't have any upside to, for me. And Shaka is okay. Shaka will be either in playoffs or keeping people from getting into playoffs. SK had a tough week one. Like yeah. they played Rogue G two and then Astralis. So it's like, how do you really get a read on them? Well, that was Excel. Excel played Rogue G two and Shalka. So that's what I'm saying. Like I don't know where to put them because of that. Like if we yeah. think those, th- I mean G two and Rogue looked sharp. Like they were ready to go. Yep. I was worried we see a little rust with G two. No, they look they're they're in form. So yeah. I I mean to me I'm taking it. Like you, you do kind of in those situations kind of have to lead on your preseason expectations, yeah. and I just don't think SK are deserve to be this close in odds to Shalka. I agree. I think what I, what I did see from from SK went, my one takeaway is I, I I thought it seemed very clear to me that there were clear situations in which they were way overplaying situations. Yeah. Um, I I feel like I noticed multiple times where they were like just it like felt like the you're trying too hard meme like. Blue, I remember on one of his games on Silas, just like kept trying to make this. Oh my, yeah, it was against Larson. Yeah. I think Larson was playing TF, and he missed like twenty straight chains in lane. I swear to God, yeah. like he could not hit a chain. Larson was just like eh, dodge, dodge from like two inches away too. Yeah. And it was, I was just like, all right, you got to stop trying to scrap with this man. Well, the the I will say this in that matchup specifically to, to nerd out on mid lane a little bit. Like you, you have to. That's Silas's kit. Like you need to just for- you force over and over and over and over and over again. Like that's that's what you're supposed to do. As long as you haven't taken like too much damage in the meantime, you just force over and over because you tr- you out trade everybody. So obviously it looks terrible if you're missing everything. But yeah, what do we think of Tanks' debut? We get two Hecarim games. I think it was right. It's two Hecarims and a gray. He got his graves for a game. Yeah, I mean, I thought he, I thought he looked good. I think the team in general did not look good. Yeah, and so we probably weren't going to be able to get like a great gauge on how good Tinks is this season. I feel like. Yeah, are we all on Shalka here? Is this a real obvious? Play? Does this feel too obvious? No, it's Shalka. I don't think it's random, but it is Shalka. I mean, SK just needs a real ADC. Agreed. Hard agree. Astralis. Plus 640 against G2, minus 1429 in a best of one. I'm passing. I'm not even betting the 640, I'll take a Strauss kill. kill spread. How big is it going to be, you think? Ten and a half, probably, at this number. I can take a look real fast. Uh, I believe it's going to be ten and a half, probably. Yeah, ten and a half. G- G2 look like world beaters. I uh, like I, I could take like an, a Mad Lions against them maybe and see if they can catch them on the day or something, but I don't think I'm taking Astralis. Uh, all right, so let's let's think derivatives for this one. So we got we got twenty five and a half for the kill total. You could you could go over that for sure. I think I think under that. You think so? I think G two are just going to stomp this team, right? Yeah, but G two G two like you that saw them all lining the fountain in every single one of their games. That's like true. I think they're gonna they're gonna try to get how some about, kills on that. How about a thirty minute time total, which is really low, and it's only minus one hundred six for the under. That's that's maybe worth a look. This is like I I, I think you just take kill total under 
the the game skill total under. This is, I, well, I do like agree on that. Right? Like that's... Well, I mean, Mad Lions beat him what seventeen to four, yeah, and that seems about right for the G two. The thing is, like Astralis don't look like they want to scrap. Um, yeah, yeah. Only against Vitality did they look like that, and I assume that that's kind of like a mentality thing coming into the game, because yeah. Or something like that. Because even against SK, they didn't look like they wanted to scrap at all. Like, Nuke Dick was just like, eh, I'm yeah. good, bro. So, I don't, I don't know. I actually thought it looked really out of character against Vitality. And I thought maybe Vitality was the one pushing pushing the uh, the envelope there a little bit. But, I, I mean, it, it's always tough to tell. They, it, are pretty, they are pretty low uh, looking at the kill for win, death for loss. G2 is at 21. Strauss, by the way. G2 is averaging 21 kills for well, win. Well, they had the one game where they had, like, what, 28, I think it was, against in the first game. Yeah, they're averaging 21 at the moment, but Astralis is pretty low. They're like 15 or 16 in there for the winner. Yeah. So. Yeah, 17 and a half at. G2 G2 team total under. That that might be the look. 17 and a half is pretty high. So. I would um, take over 17 and a half and under 25 and a half. As weird as that is. That is very weird. But I could buy that. I could say it. 20 to four. I mean, what's the? The implied on this is 16. Implied 16 to... Or 17 to 7 and a half. 17 to 7 is the implied. Or 7 and, 17 and a half 17, to 7 and a half. Sounds about right. I might take Astralis under 7 and a half. But anyway. Rogue. Minus 263. Misfits plus 188. Misfits looks pretty good. But I do... Alright. Can we cool the... I I guess this is this is gonna be my time to soapbox on this. Everybody cool the Jets in best of one leagues. Just chill out. Everyone like the first day, what's his name went like absolutely bananas in that first game and was ready to crown him the next caps. It's like can, can we calm down? It was one literally one game. To be fair, Vitheo's looked good. Vitheo has looked good. I I, I don't want to I don't want to take anything away from him. I'm just saying like People going at, I guess people are just excited. This is the energy of the first week back. I don't want to. Whatever anybody some rookie that's better than Chovy, they they go nuts <laughs> like he's going to be the next Caps, and then all of a sudden. I don't, yeah, I guess I'm being a little wet blanket. It was like first week hype. You know, every, everyone's adrenaline's pumping. Is that, that's, I should, I should probably, I should probably stop being the old man, get off my lawn kind of shit, right? You know, <laughs> let me just go sit in my rocker and sip my beer, and I'll be happy, right? <laughs> um, at this number, though, what do we think? This is tough. This uh, rogue looked really good. What? Who hit? Who did that? Who got rid of the? Uh, to me, Misfit is just like I don't want to call them the Afrika, but they're very inconsistent. I don't. What's going on? Nothing. This just disappeared. Anyway, go on. You're, you're, keep going, Chris. I'm... Oh, uh, and I kind of find myself nailing the call in in the first super week. Is like Misfit has a underdog match. They're underdog. They're gonna win. Their favorite. They're gonna lose. Yeah. They're underdog. Yeah, they're gonna win. Who's on top? I think... You were on it. On it. This too. Is this too rich. Dude, I, I this is like so so tough for me. Um, nice, maybe, man. Like I, I mean, I want to take Miss at plus one eighty eight here, really bad, but I just don't want to mess with Rogue. I want to take Rogue. Rogue is like the problem is Rogue is the what we like. I think I said this before, but Rogue is like what we used to think Origin is. 
in my opinion. Like they're just not going to lose the teams worse than them. Yeah, very often. There's two fundamentally. Rogue Rogue literally looked exactly the same way they looked at Worlds in last summer. Like nothing changed. I'm still there on Rogue. That's fair. It's early. It's, it's early. It's early. It could happen. But they looked pretty good in week one, I think. They looked about as sharp as you can look on the first couple days. But long season. Oh, they had like, they had a close match against Excel. I mean, it, not the closest, but like Excel's not exactly a premium team. And I think Fanatic's just like pretty variant, and then they beat SK, who I don't think that's like that's has fair. any value really. I think that's a good point. I do think against like. I do think the the thing that Excel did that was smart is that they played directly into Rogue's hand. Like they're like, okay, we're just gonna play hyperscaling super shield buff composition, and if you guys just wanna wait and only team fight around objectives, well by the time the third Drake spawns, we're gonna be strong. So to me, it impressed me more so that Rogue was able to roll out this Lucian draft, which is like completely out of character for them, and, and still pull off the win. Um, especially because like like you guys said, that it looked like Rogue had a very big chance of losing that, but then at the time of the game where you would expect their composition to be falling off in the like 4K gold yeah. deficit or whatever to not mat- matter, they just like aced them in a team fight and ended the game. Yeah, it was, so, like, it was weird. You're right. Like it, that was yeah. normally the stabilizing point. They just like dumped, like just dunked the team fight. It was like, oh, okay, <laughs> never mind. Yeah. And that was what Trimby was kind of inting that game as well for Rogue. Yeah. So. He looked way better on days two and three. Oh, yeah. But yeah, I, I definitely agree with what you're saying, John. It, you know, it's still early to draw too many sweeping conclusions other than that G2 is winning worlds and Caps will be the greatest <laughs> mid laner in the world other than Chovy. I, I, I'm a huge, I love Rogue. I think they're really good. I, I don't know if I can take 263 in week two. Even, even as good as they looked in week, I, I can't. It's too much. I'm passing. You guys convinced me. Um, Chris, Rogue Misfits. Who you like in this one? Uh, I'm, I'm just going to take Rogue because it, it makes a lot of sense, but I'm going to lose money on because Misfit is somehow going to screw over. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, Vitality plus 173, Fnatic minus 244. Fnatic kind of get off the schneid in week uh, on the third day after looking honestly terrible in the first two days. Uh, do we... Is this too much for as varying a team as they're going to be, or do you, or do we think this is like? Man, I think I mean I still think this is too close. Like you're telling me that Fnatic and Vitality are closer than Rogue Misfits right now. I find that tough to believe personally. That's, yeah, yeah, That's I'm, I'm betting Fnatic and putting them in parlays. I think. Oh man, I don't know. Probably you guys are probably right. I'm probably going to end up passing that one. Uh, you know what I'll probably do with this, actually, is wait for Fnatic Money to come in on it and then see if I can get a better number of Vitality. Parlay this game with the next game we're going to talk about. Put them together. Astralis, plus 152 in Excel, minus 208 on Saturday. You parlay in Excel with this? Yeah, Excel minus 208 seems great, and then you can parlay it with something like this Fnatic and, and get better odds on the two, and I think you're looking good. Uh... Yeah, I don't, I don't really know what to think of Astralis. It looks really uninspiring, but that doesn't necessarily mean they're going to be bad. They just, I don't know. They're 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 in like show me mode. I I can't do anything to back them until they show me something. And I think Excel is going to be pretty good. They so, just have like the worst rookies and the worst veterans. Yeah, that was your like, yeah yeah that was your preseason read. I mean yeah I mean. 
I didn't think Sanzor was Yeah, I thought Federer was going to come through and, you know, my preseason picks look very bad right now. Very bad. It's Sanzor is my best player, I think. Yeah, he looks really um, good. I think he's solid, but uh, White Knight I'm not impressed with in their bottom lane. Yeah. looks bad. Um, oh, man. This is probably Excel. They had a really – this is going to be a change of – like, this is going to be way easier than what they faced in week one. So I'll probably take yeah. Excel here. It's Excel, but John, like, I like how how funny is it to imagine this bottom lane going from playing with like constantly dive and always just try to kill you leader to nuke duck? Like, what? Like, what? Like, they're just like, dude. I I just watched Promise You in these fights, and just, he, like, had a, he, had a, he had a bad week one, man. He oh, was... he. It just looks all. He looks like Hillishang. Yeah. That's what he looks like. Yeah. He's just like, oh, we're going in, we're going in, and it's all, and and Nuke Duck's just like, what do you mean we're going in? I'm going back to farm bot lane, bro. You can fight Top River all you want. It's so funny, dude. You and think about where else Promise Q's been too. G two, all aggressive teams going to something a little different. Well, not a little different, a lot different here. So, um, yeah, I think we're all on Excel. Probably Excel kill spreads. It's probably gonna be like six and a half. It's probably a good number. Rogue minus three eighty five. Vitality plus two sixty five. Big number. Yeah, that's just Vitality. I don't think is the team I want against Rogue. If I'm going to take these like good odds against Rogue, I just don't think Vitality is the right team. I'm starting to get worried that I'm overreacting to the teams that didn't do well in Week One. I've been pretty good about not doing that in the other leagues, and I'm starting to feel like in Europe, for whatever reason, I'm, I just am. Maybe it's just because it's best of ones. But I, I almost feel like I'm overreacting to these teams. I, I'm I'm definitely not laying 385. I'm probably not going to play rogue kill spreads here because I, I, I think Vitality are going to be pretty good still. But this is probably just pass and wait and see. I'm probably going to be doing a whole lot of that in Europe this week because it was so hard to get a good read at a week one other than G2 look really sharp. Rogue look really, really sharp, and then the rest of the league is anything could happen this week, you know? So it's really – I'm probably going to be taking a wait-and-see approach. Normally I don't like doing that. I like getting in while the value is good, but I think there's so much variance with all these teams in the middle of the table in Europe that it's kind of hard to to get a read on it. And – go ahead, Josh. I just – my thing with Vitality that's scaring me is their, is their drafts. So, like – I think I said this on the show is that like I, I legitimately thought that uh, Melissa was one of the best Corky players in EU, and last year like his most played champions were he played Azir and Corky for eight of his eighteen games, so like and Oriana for two, so ten of his eighteen were on these like you know generally thought of as hyperscaling control mage style champions, and then this year he this busts year. out LeBlanc, Lucian, and Jace, and I'm just like I mean I my my whole reasoning for being somewhat optimistic about this team is that they'd be able to play through this hyperscaling mid laner, you know, kind of rogue-esque in that nature and just kind of like let Melisa carry. But if they're going to keep putting him on these, like these champions that kind of need to get ahead early or like, I I just, I'm not a fan of that. You know, he's, he's playing a LeBlanc and a Jace in this meta. Neither of those, like I think are good in general. And the fact that they're putting a player who I think is a better scaling type player anyways on them, Really is questionable to me, although I do know, you know, his LeBlanc is heralded as one of the best in EU. Yeah, so. I mean, we saw the LeBlanc situation in the, was it JDG and, was it Rare Adam? 
Is that yeah, when was? Yigal was like, you Yigal, can't play Yeah, Yigal lost to it, and then he was like, had to beat it, and he was like, no, I'm going to be better. And then he got his shit kicked in, and was like, oh, okay, never mind. I agree. That that champion has its spots, and you if you're exceptional, you can make it work when it's like in that second tier. But it's hard to make work right now. And you ha- the thing with it is like you, you have to make it work. It's not that you have to snowball early, but you have to get enough resources to be threatening enough. And it's really hard for her to do that when every every mid lane pick right now is just shove shove wave and look at each other. Like it's just control mage mirrors where uh it's like, okay, we have like Oriana and Victor and Syndra, and it's like, okay, like they're just gonna shove and look at each other, maybe make a play when the jungler shows up. That's what mid lane is right now. Except, unless you're playing like the TFs and the Galios and trying to get out of lane. That's what it is right now. So she she's better when it's two v two skirmish meta. She's better when there's stuff like you know when the meta's like Silas and 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 stuff like that that's trying to make plays on like you know mid jungle plays, and that's kind of not what it is right now. It's 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 more play to the bottom lane, play to the top. Usually it's play to the bottom lane or play Harold and play to top lane. And yeah, I don't know. JDG EDG, that's what it was, Kev. Thank you, thank you. Um, yeah, I don't know. This is a little bit. Oh, man, that's crazy price. I'm tempted, but we'll see. I got to think on them. There's a good chance this moves more toward Rogue, too. Like, this could end up being 400 or so, and maybe you get a little better number. I think typically you want to wait for dogs and get in early on favorites if you're going to back them, just especially early in the season. Um, that tends to be how the lines move, because people just throw the favorites in parlays and do all this kind of stuff, too. And then you have the natural adjustments from the books to put the lines closer, too. So I think if you want, if you want favorites, you probably want to get them earlier in the week. You want dogs, you wait. Just like in, I mean, most sports end up being that way. So, um, Misfits minus one eighty two, SK Gaming plus one thirty seven. This is a real test of like, do you trust Misfits based on what you saw in week one? I kind of like including them in that other parlay I was talking about. I kind of like throwing Misfits into that doing the full DJ parlay. parlay. <laughs> yep, I think uh, I think I kind of like that. I think Misfits is is in a pretty good spot here against SK. And I think they've definitely looked a tier above SK. So minus one eighty two seems at least reasonable. Yeah, I, I think that's. I think this is a probably a fair price. Pretty close to it, anyway. Any other thoughts on this one? This is kind of a. This is like this is probably just a pass because I don't I don't I don't want to trust Misfits yet. I'm gonna take SK for the hell of it. I'm about it. I'm about it, Chris. What do we got? Uh, Shalka, plus 311. G2, minus 476. Shalka? Passer for me. Passer. No, no Shalka, love. It's a big number. Yeah, Shalka probably worth a shot at 311. And they're a team that can do this kind of shit. Gilius can I don't just like take it. over a game. That's a close your eye special. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't like it, but just in principle, betting plus 300 plus. plus People that are plus 300 or more against G2 is... But not Astralis? No, well, I, I mean, I, I, no, I mean, unironically, I think Astralis is worth you know your twentieth of a, or a, a quarter of a unit yeah. or whatever. Um, but I, I mean, I think if you bet teams that are plus three hundred or more against G two, and only those, I mean, I think you'll come out ahead usually. Probably. Uh, that's just a random number, but that's my guess. I'm probably going to take some Shalka here. I think they can make this competitive. They're they're they're, they're a good enough team to make it competitive. I think, but. We'll see. There's a chance G2 just 
completely steamroll everyone. We'll see. No, thank you, gentlemen. I'll get back to you boys after that match. Passing. That's fair. Um, Fanatic, minus 169. Mad Lions, plus 128. This should be a good one. Um, again, feels fair. Fair price. I wanted be- I wanted better odds on Fanatic. I would have been happy to bet Fanatic here. But given their week one and Mad Lions looks pretty good and it's Mad Lions last season they were good, I'm a little bit surprised that I can't even get a slightly better price than this, like a minus 130. Yeah. You know, I'd like to get just slightly better odds on this matchup. I think I'm going to just end up passing. Yeah. But I would like to get Fnatic at minus 130, minus 125, and I would bet him, I think. Hmm. I'm trying to think. It's so extreme that the Mad Lions are the underdog here. It's tempting, but I'm going to be with you guys that this is Fnatic's week to show people why they are the number two team of Europe. Okay, maybe number three. That's fair, I think. Uh, yeah, this is again. I just, yeah, someone's. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what is going on. But yeah, something's going on with this on the spreadsheet. Um, that's probably pass or Mad Lions for me. I think Mad Lions look pretty good. Um, yeah, uh, this is. Oh man, I don't. Know. This, I think. I think it's fair. Unfortunately, I see the thing is, I think it's fair on the Mad Lion side, and it's way out of line for Fnatic side. Like, I'd be on Fnatic at like John said on like minus one forty. I was hoping, yeah, that's why I really wanted them to lose game three last week because I think we would have been able to get a minus one thirty, minus one forty or so here, and I'd be all over it. But uh, I mean, I think in DFS I'll probably play Fnatic, but I don't think this is a game I'll bet. Yeah, I think this is like a weird uh, example of when you see. You pay a premium for favorites. That's just like how 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 you make the lines on this kind of stuff. You pay a premium for favorites in spots like this, and it's, a lot of times it's like okay, like the dog's fairly priced, the favorites definitely out of line or or off by enough that it's not a good value play, and then that's the games you pass usually. So I'll probably pass and look and see if there's anything else I can I can get in this one. LCS lock in Friday. We've got. 100 Thieves against Cloud9. 100 Thieves are plus 143 on the money line. Cloud9 minus 172. We'll say Cloud9 minus 1.5 at plus 123. I gotta be I gotta be impressed with the 100 Thieves line there. I think I, I think it's hard not to be, man. They look good. The thing that, that Cloud9 had going for them this split was Perks was just gonna dumpster everybody, and Perks has not dumpstered everybody. And Fudge has not looked that impressive. Their bot lane looks like what I expect from their bot lane, which is not as much as... I thought their bot lane was better than I thought they were going to be oh, yeah. so far. Sven, Sven was, was looking better than I expected. But in general, I don't expect a lot from that bot lane. And, like, Blabber looked good. I thought Fudge looked almost bad in some spots. And he looked bad, but he, he kind of redeemed himself in their last game, I think. Like, the, the last game of that series. Good, solid, ready to go. I think it's tough not to be on Hundred Thieves plus one forty three. Yeah, it's it's a good number for them. I think that's all this is. I I do think Cloud Nine should be favorites, but yeah, I think if I'm with how they played this up, tournament, I really, I I actually honestly think Hundred Thieves should be favorites. But I also feel like this is where I'm going to get burned. Yeah, but like so like Hundred Thieves had that weird so. game against CLG. It's been like giving me pause for like every every position I've had on them in this in this tournament. They had that really weird. They lost. They lost to CLG, right? 
But that was a long, drawn-out game that yeah. got to a point where everything was level 18 and, you know, everything goes at that point. But that's I mean, also their fault. happens in those games, yeah. It's like... That's like one of those like, is- NFL games where it's four, it's fourth quarter and it's like, you know, 42 to 45. And it's like just whoever has the ball last kind of thing, but... Kind of get like that Browns Pittsburgh vibe. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, that team. But that's the thing about this Hundred Thieves team. I think they they elevated themselves from last year, but they still have those inconsistencies where they can falter. My biggest thing is C nine really took a step back, and I continue to blame this on the coaching change. I think Rebert was a big part of C 9s success, and it's right now this team is not showing the high upside. Uh, to be fair, Blamer still doesn't look bad, but he's not going to have those high highs that he had last week. It's again pointing out the uh, Perks double lift stream, by the way. A lot of praise for Blaber. Perks was... Perks had a lot of really good things to say about Blaber, and I don't know if that's just him knowing he's in the public eye on a stream with probably 50,000 people watching him, but... You know, he was talking to Double Lift about all sorts of stuff, and that was one of the topics that came up. And he was like, no, Blabber's, like, really, really good, and he's always fixing his issues, and he keeps improving. So he had a lot of good things to say about him. Because um, th- Double Lift asked him, he's like, what, what, you know, what's it, what was it going to be like playing with without Yankos, I think was what he was talking about. Because Yankos is, like, ridiculously good. Uh, there's the proofs in the pudding, just look at the sample, right? Like, he's in, he's been insane for a long time. And... Yeah, he he was asking him about that, and that's what he, he ended up saying. That he's like, no, Blaber's like really good. Like, he seemed like he was even a little surprised by it. And you don't want to overreact to these kind of things, but maybe worth considering. Do who I, I don't know, you were probably the 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 strongest on Cloud Nine, Josh? Is this number good? Bad? Is this fair price? Been waiting. I've been waiting. Yeah. Knock knock. Who's there? Knock knock. Is it's it the Lame Kingdom Liger. <laughs> Tanner DeMonte, whatever his last name is, is about to get absolutely dumpstered. This guy's gone against Insanity twice. Insanity's good, wh- dude. Oh, yeah, anyways. He's not whoever the hell the Golden he's not Guardians. Perks, but he's good. Yeah. And a Blaze Olive. Like, yeah, it's good. It's cool to look good. Actually, it wasn't even against Insanity. You're right. It wasn't Insanity. It was whoever the hell Insanity's Academy backup yeah. is. Yeah. Amazing how DeMonte has good stats playing against Academy Midlanders twice and a Blaze Olive in his yeah. last three games. Weird how he faced a good a good mid laner in Poe Belter and lost. Who would have thought? I don't know. Not me. Yeah, Perks probably shocked to the system here. I think that's that. that to Listen. me, that's to me, that's the case. Is is Perks and Blabber just go ballistic? Yeah. Right. To me, to me, this game is. I. I mean, I. Everyone knows I kind of am a hundred thieves hater because I am a Demonte hater, and I also am a bit of a Huhi hater because I think he's. I will say Huhi impressed me at least playing the uh, the Lulu game. Um, but other than that, I think he's kind of one dimensional as a sport, but I, I do think that like in general, like this is a perfect overreaction season. Me, I, I, I didn't think these teams were this close. I do think a hundred thieves is really good, but I think cloud nine is just better. I think they just have better players in mid jungle. And, um, I don't think like, I think the hundred thieves bot lane is probably even 80 or carry. Yeah. 80 carries better, but I think support is C nine. So. I don't know. I mean, I think it's about a wash, so I'd give the mid-jungle the priority there uh, for me. And and I could be proven completely wrong here, and I'll probably have to eat my hat if, if DeMonte does end up bodying perks. Top gappers, uh, mid-gap. That's what this series looks like to me. It's an 80 carry season, baby. That's it's true. FBI against Ven. I'm betting on FBI. Oof. 
Oof. But it's not a super. Do are we counting this as a high leverage situation for Zven to choke in? Is this really a high leverage situation in a meaningless preseason tournament? This is choke season right here. In a meaningless yeah, preseason just, tournament, though, this is this I is just, Perks' time to shine or Zven's time to shine, dude. Not Perks. Yeah. Zven's time to shine. Guy on his way to the bathroom. Oh, dude, come on. Hundred Hundred Thieves is the anti fanatic for me. Like I'm, I I was just wanting them to just keep winning when they beat TL. I was like, yep, yep. Mm-hmm. Keep it going. Don't lose. And then just give me better odds on whoever the hell plays them. Honestly, I won't even be mad if they win here because then I can just literally put my mortgage, go get a second mortgage, quit my job, you know, <laughs> sell my organs to science, take all that money, and instead and of investing it, it on top shots or game, GameStop or AMC, <laughs> put it on the team liquid money line against them in the championship. <laughs> Oh man, this I think this is a fair price. I think it's reasonable. Uh, I don't know, man. I'm probably going to be I'm probably passing this. I mean, I like I so I should say this. I had a pretty big exposure. I I basically faded Cloud9. I faded group I faded group B entirely with my futures portfolio for like exact I didn't quite get exactly what I wanted. I was hoping we'd get three group A teams in in semis and Cloud9. Like that was the game plan, and then we just back Cloud Nine at whatever the number is, and and collect our pro- take profits on it, right? That was my game plan. I'm probably gonna take Cloud Nine here just to take some of that. Uh, I don't know, it, probably not all of it, because I don't know if Hundred Thieves are guaranteed to beat whoever makes it from the other side. But uh, I've got I've got big positions in Liquid and Hundred Thieves, so I'm probably gonna be hedging out of this. But like for the purposes of like no no positions otherwise, like I think this is a fair number, and it's probably. It's probably a pass or, like, over three and a half games. Which is, like, the memeiest thing, and it's always overrated. But I do think in this case, it's it's a pretty good position. 323 is a lot, but it's really not when that, that's going to hit a lot of the time with, with the matchup. I, I think this is going to be a close matchup. Because in matchups like this, where it, it is very clear gaps in, in the gameplay... You're probably going to get games where the one time it goes off for that team and the other time it goes off for the other team, right? Like, Perks is probably going to go nuts in two of these games and then maybe someday just stomps Fudge in one of these games and he takes over. Someday, by the way. By the way, can we just talk about, like, Someday and Impact and Liquid? Top lane is stacked in North America, dude. Just wait. Wait. We got to wait. I'm I'm ready. Just wait. Wait. Okay. Anything else on this one? Right. Time for the last match of the week. One last match. We've got, well, technically we got two more, but we'll see. Evil Geniuses, plus 177. Team Liquid, minus 217. We'll say Team Liquid, minus one and a half is at minus 103. EG looked pretty good. But this is Liquid. This is Slam Dunk Liquid, right? What if? What about EG Teddy? <laughs> yes. They've already used their import slots. They can't use another import. Get rid of somebody. E.G. Theodore. And a, and a, a, Academy. A, no, it's what Teddy's short for. But oh, this Theodore. Would be an American. He comes import. out. He comes out on stage with the goofy glasses with the mustache. Theodore. Yeah. <laughs> um, man, oh man. So what? What, what am I missing? I'm missing the joke here. This is, Josh, you had. I did. I mean, you're telling me. Yeah, let, let me get this straight, Vince. 
I just want to make sure I'm understanding you, Craig. You're telling me you want to fade carry impact in the revenge game of all revenge games for carry impact against a team that has forced him to play weak side for the past three years of his life. That's fair. Just sat him on an island and said, impact, don't die. And then, and that's it. You don't get to have fun, bud. You just don't die. And then when we tell you to come fight for double lift, you come. Dude. You understand? Little puppy? Dude. You understand, little pup? That's what they've been telling him. <laughs> and now what he's saying is, hello, Elfari. Welcome to Lane Kingdom. I am Impact, and this is my region. You don't belong. No, I, the shiny new toy. They bring out the shiny new dude, toy. Dude, Alfari was ridiculous <laughs> so far. He's been so Have good. you seen Impact so yes, far? Yes, he's also been ridiculous. That's why I think the two of them are going to cancel out. And it's the rest of the map. And the rest listen, of the map I, the rest of the map for Liquid, I'll take t- 10 times I out agree. of 10 against each I, I agree. But listen, you, you got it all wrong. Alfari and Impact may be playing equally well. But Alfari has, like, you know, no reason to want to kill Impact. Impact has every reason That's in the fair. world to want to just the motivation absolutely angle. put him in a body bag. I mean, it's an, it's a preseason tournament. Like, we're, yeah. we can't really use real things at That's this true. point. That's I'm, true. That's I'm true. I'm all in on the revenge narrative. The, the full narrative. Yeah. Narrative oh, handicapping. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think they'll win, but I'm I'm down for some plus some plus one and a half EG or something this like that. I really good. wish it was plus odds. You think this is going to be a weird five-game series? What's up, John? I was saying, in the interest of fairness, in the top lane, I think you can argue that Impact's playing better than Alfari this series, this tournament, which Alfari's played well. But I think Impact is the tournament MVP so far. So, there, so, so I think he's playing better this tournament so far. He's been really, really good. I think there's an argument to be made that is better than Jensen. And I think and I think the support position, this is as close as Core JJ is going to get to being contested. That's fair. In this I think that's reasonable. I, I think Core JJ is the best. But I think Ignar is playing extremely well. Yeah. And and he'll contest as best he can. Yeah. I, I think EG might be a little bit more live here than some than folks might think, even as a as a team liquid is going to win the league better from the beginning of the season. I think I think EG's got a shot here. I think the Svens Garen problem is a problem. I think Santorin's a lot better than Svens Garen. And I th- I think at 80 carry, actually, I think both these 80 carries are kind of... Uh, I didn't think Tactical was playing that well so far this season, uh, comparatively. But uh, I think EG's live. I think uh, I think he's live. I think they're live. I don't, I don't necessarily... I don't think they're supposed to be a favorite or anything, yeah. but I think EG could win this series. Yeah, I, I do... Yeah, I mean, EG have been playing really, really well. They look... It's impact. I mean, impacts. Everyone's looking well. It's not just impact. The whole team's been looking pretty good. So, yeah, I'm, this is liquid season for me, dude. I guess I'm going against the narratives. Just give me liquid all day. Liquid money line. Liquid spreads. Dude, Vince always just taking a rain on my. Parade, I'm the wet blanket, man. dude. What just do you want? Killing me. <laughs> I'm the just I'm the fire. Yo, you know those old fight the fire blankets. You you have to bust them out and throw it on the thing. I'm. The- <laughs> Yeah, we have to side bet. Case of beer. I'll give. What? You, I'll go. We'll go my let's only go. side bet is that Impact gets more solo kills on Alfari than Alfari gets on Impact. Those are the only side bets I'm taking. Let's, the rest of the map doesn't count. All right, I, I no one's no one's talking about the other four positions because obviously, obviously, Liquid is better. But listen, uh, it's so carry let's, Impact let's, season. How, I'm here. How are we how are we going to measure the top lane matchup then? How do we want to do this? Solo kills. 
I don't think that's a great way to do it. We could do like CSD. There's a very good it. chance that no, there's a very good chance neither of them solo kill each other. Yeah, but last year I took a solo kill bet against someone who wanted the shy, and I won. <laughs> uh, yeah, there's. Let's a good come chance up. Neither of them let's come up with like some kind of waiting. We'll do like. We could do like a CSD. We could do like CSD XP differential, gold differential, and then like something else. Maybe yeah, kill participation have... or something. That's going to get thrown out the window if they're playing like a Jace or something, though, like a split push or a Jax or Fiora or, or some nonsense like that. We could just do gold XP and CS at ten. Okay, and we'll, we'll balance. We'll average. We'll average them all together. Put it through. A, Something like that, yeah. Or something like that. So we'll, we'll standardize it, or we'll, well, not standardize, normalize it. We'll normalize it, and, and okay, yeah. Let's do. It. We'll do. We'll go for a case of beer. Bet. All right. Count it. Count it. Pick. Oh, I guess the finals. We should briefly mention. Like, how, what, what do we think that's going to look like if the two, all right? So two favorites win. Cloud Nine and Team Liquid. What's the what's the line? Minus, oh, minus, minus one minus one twenty plus one hundred. It's going to be pretty close, right? Um, I think it might be a little bit heavier, but not by much. Minus one fifty, maybe. That's probably going to be take whoever the dog is, right? If it's plus, if it's like plus one ten or better, I think it, either one of them you just take whoever the dog is. I'm just taking TL regardless. Yeah, I don't I'm think. I, I, wait, wait, whoa, 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 wait. Okay, you did say narrative. Okay, that's fine. Yes. Yeah. Right. Wait. <laughs> God damn it, Josh. <laughs> <laughs> Look, look, we, there's no part on this show where I can gush about Impact other That's than fair. saying he's going to have a narrative game to beat the crap out of Team Liquid's top player. Okay. But Team Liquid are still going to hard stomp this, and then I don't think Cloud9 or 100 Thieves sniffs their, the ground like the earth they walk on. Okay. And to be fair, you did put up the scenario where two favorites won their game, so it's okay, so, TL. Okay, so uh, TL against 100 Thieves. Probably going to be TL. It's probably this number. Yeah. It's probably going to be like this exact number, right? Minus 220, minus 217, whatever. I think it gets a little closer. I think I, I would assume books have 100 Thieves a bit like a, a step above EG at this point. So we probably get Team Liquid closer to minus 200. Do they, like, just look at these prices. Like, how much... Cloud9 were the... Cloud9 and Liquid were both pretty close. Like, Cloud9 were the league favorites. Yeah. Well, that's what I mean. So I, mean, they, I think and... they have 100 Thieves higher than EG. That's what I mean. Oh, yeah, you did say it. I'm an idiot. Go on. Yeah, so I think TL gets closer to minus 200 or so. Um, I think either way, I'm I'm probably taking TL at least minus one minus one and a half. All right, uh, uh, but definitely money line. EG pull the upset. And we get EG against Cloud Nine. I, I'd take EG if EG beats Team Liquid. I'd, and I'd EG are probably going to be like plus two hundred, plus one eight, like in this range again. I actually like them more against Cloud Nine than I do against Team Liquid. Because I could see that series just devolving. You know what I mean? Like, that, that series could turn Clown Fiesta real fast. Yeah. That could turn into an LPL series really fast. So, I don't, I don't know if... Uh... How about uh, 100 Thieves against EG? 100 Thieves, I would I, I would take the Thieves, probably. Yep, I think I bet 100 Thieves. All right. The only, the only man that could possibly stop Impact someday. <laughs> I don't know. It'd be tough. Yeah, you know, it's real, real tough one to watch there. Okay. How stacked? How stacked is top lane? I'll probably take the right. The it's been so. so long since this position's been that stacked here. It's never been this stacked. I am, I am sort of happy 
Like I know Vince has heard me just I I just throw an absolute fit about Gore Drinker being just so stupid. Yeah. But I am I am sort of happy in that like you know we're not we're finally not watching Scion versus Orr in every game. Yeah. It is kind of nice. It's it's good. You're getting a good blend of everything. It's it's cool. Just wait till Viper makes his return to the league. I don't know if you guys noticed, but on Twitter, uh, TF Blade just posted. Uh, I don't know how nobody's picked up Viper. He's like the only top laner I respect in the whole league. The monster. All right, TF Blade. Pick of the week, John. for eleven point three when Ribbon's buffed. Ribbon's getting buffed. <laughs> Pick of the week. So we finally lost last week. We almost went zero for. And then Josh saved the day. Got there. Uh, I missed on Sandbox plus 100 against DRX in infuriating fact. I was as mad as Summit was in that game. I was furious. I was so I was so pissed about that game, dude. They threw that game like five different times. Oh, my God. Um, Vitality plus 135 against Shalka. John missed on that. I, was, I, I went with you on that one. So that, that hit my, my bankroll as well. Chris missed on Sooning, plus 147 against Fun Plus. I was also in that position as well. But I don't know how we want to handle this. Do you want to give half credit for it? I think that's Okay, cool. here's, the, here's the answer for that. What were you doing with my bets against the Saints? If you were counting my bets against the Saints, <laughs> then you have to count then you have to count prime. I did not. I did three. not count them. Okay, then you can't count it. This okay. one is only meant to erase all my twenty twenty sins, but <laughs> so Chris, Chris, Chris said, literally left a note. He said, "For fun, uh, Brion Blade plus eight fifty against Damn One Gaming." And he edited. <laughs> you want to talk about a homer call? That was like the most. That was like some Nostradamus shit right there, man. That was that was sick. It was see. It even shifted because it opened up as plus eleven hundred on Bovada. Um, man, oh man, yeah, that's crazy. Sick, about a hero, hit. Though. Sick hit. And then Josh saved the day from us going winless with Excel plus 119 against Shulk. I was in that position as well. The listeners hit on a nice one. Uh, AVH2AG hit EDG minus one and a half over JDG at plus 321. Listeners are absolutely destroying it. I mean, really, we're all destroying it. We, this is our first three losses of the season. So I'm not, I'm not going to bitch about a down week. Who do we got this week? Um, somebody open up. I'm going to double check to see if there were any stragglers for pick of the week for the US. Okay. I'm just going to put the gun back in my mouth and we'll go with the uh, <laughs> freak freaks plus 169. Oh, no. I'm going to trust the freaks one more time uh, <laughs> before I potentially have to just give up on them for the rest of my life. Oh, man. Whew. Um, who's next? Yeah, we'll go in order. So I took 100 Thieves plus 143 over C9. We talked about this in recently. I think, um, you know, I continue to uh, hoop on C9 without Reaper. That's a Chad's bet, Prime. That's a Chad bet. Don't let anyone convince you any other way. Chad bet. <laughs> I like it. Um, you know, Demonte would like that as well. Um, speaking of Disgusting. Chad's. <laughs> I like narrative Josh. We need narrative Josh to have a hat on when he's doing the, uh, the we, wizard, need, we need props. The, uh, we need to put the wizard the hat wizard on for narrative Marge, Josh, yeah. right? I have like a goofy like costume pimp hat in here somewhere that I'll have to 
hats and yeah. these big goofy like oh man i have to we'll have to put the hats on when it's like um josh all right i've taken i'm i'm you know going against everything i believe in here and, and going to the minus money side and betting in eastern region you know what who am i nah i just realized i'm this violating is, two principles really of smart, life this is a really smart bet it is. This is one of my favorite positions on the table. But it violates two of my principles of life. It's betting an Eastern bad. region and taking a minus money bet. It's not that minus but yeah, money. No, I think it's I think it's pretty pretty egregious this line. So I'm gonna take Freddie Brion uh plus one and a half against DRX for minus one thirty two. That line just seems totally out of whack to me. Alright, let's see. I We'll do the listeners. I'm gonna. I'm just gonna. I'm gonna roll for this because we got a couple of them. I didn't write them all down here, so let's go. Random numbers. All right, we're gonna go. Listener pick of the week is compliments of DFS at DFS underscore Chan on Twitter. Um, frequent contributor to the show. Thank you. He's going with FPX one plus minus one eighty against Invictus on saturday so that'll be the listener pick this week let me copy that into this uh and then mine god who do i like this is the, this is the bad part it's like i i spent the time looking through the listener stuff i didn't end up picking mine before the show let's go with um uh let's go with who did i say i love this week there was something. Was it Schalke against SK that you loved? Schalke or... against SK, I liked a lot. Can't remember the other one. It you was said Schalke you liked. against SK and Brion. I liked. I liked RNG too. Maybe we just KT at plus money against Nongshim. Oh yeah, that K- that's, what, that's what it was. KT. Yeah. We'll, we'll take KT over Nongshim. KT plus one thirteen on the money line against Nongshim. That'll be my play. All right. All right. Um. I think that's it all we can really say is make sure to tune in next week because we got some really exciting stories to be told next week there's a a tale of woe and misery and happiness and we'll make sure to get it to you next week we might have to do this as a bonus episode john maybe maybe it'll be a, a episode 100 Ooh. uh at this point do at this point we might need to save it for episode 100 Episode 500? Or we do episode 100.2, Um, You guys got anything else? I think we're good to get on, get on out of here. Uh, Don't believe everything you read on the internet, kids. Uh, yes. That's very, very real advice that applies to multiple different things. So be responsible, folks. I think that's the best way to put it. Got me, got me. God damn it, Josh. <laughs> All right. That's going to be it for us. Um, thank you for those that tuned in live on the Twitch stream. It's going to be twitch.tv slash the esports department. Um, we will try to give you guys some more, uh, more time to prepare. It's roughly going to be Wednesday nights around 8 p.m. Eastern. Uh, maybe a little after that, a little earlier than that. Just depends. And sometimes we'll do Tuesdays, I guess, if we have to. But, um, try to keep that schedule consistent. You can, um, hit us up. We'll try to do some more stuff with the chat in the future, too. Uh, so thank you guys for tuning in live. Uh, rate, review, and subscribe. I've been slacking on this. Uh, little podcasts like us that don't have like crazy corporate sponsorship and, and we're not part of like these big networks and everything. We need all the help we can get. So ratings, um, leave a review. 
doesn't matter if you got good or bad things to say, just engagement is good. And, you know, give the, give the little podcast that could a little bit of help. Um, and you know, that'll help us out and help you guys out. Cause we'll be able to do more cool stuff. So, um, it doesn't take, it takes 30 seconds. It's easy. Um, tell your friends, retweet everything. I think that's it for us. You guys got anything else? I think that's it. Let's get on out of here. The Gold Card Podcast opening theme is Clouds by Harvey and the Hendersons. The closing theme is Wasp in a Hat by the Tea Club. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and Podbean to never miss an episode.